Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. Why is AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. What is going on, guys? Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is episode 439 for your August 7th, 2022. I'm your host, JD, from New York, as always. Coming to you from the OTS Beer Garden. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Sunday evenings, wherever you may be. We are VIP only tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you guys so very much for joining me. And welcome the new VIPs. We got the dud just becoming a VIP tonight. We got Willem Hendrick Fullard with a 21-month membership. We got my boy Relic becoming a new member. Andrew Carell with a new membership. Baby Shaq 342 with a new membership. Well, four-month membership for Baby Shaq. Chris Bell also with a four-month membership. Paul David Elliott with a 10-month membership. And Iowa Guy 81 with the new membership. Thank you guys very much for joining me on this live off the script this evening. We got a lot to go over on tonight's show. We are legitimately going to break down everything. 
that Triple H changed on the show. And if there's anybody in the community that's been watching this shit with eagle eyes, it is me. I've wanted this for a very long time, and we finally got that change. It was felt on Monday. It wasn't felt at all on Tuesday. NXT was easily the worst show of the entire week. AEW stepped it up on Wednesday. Back-to-back great rampages and dynamites. So Tony Khan knows what type of competition he is now facing. And then on Friday, not really much changed on Friday, but... Karrion Cross debuted on Friday night. And that in itself is more than enough change to compensate for everything that happened on Friday night. Tonight, we report card Triple H. We're going to go over and grade Triple H on his first week into this new era. I also have news on Brock Lesnar. I got news on Bray Wyatt. Apparently, Bray Wyatt this evening tweeted something out very cryptically. I don't know what that is. Where he could potentially be going. If he is even coming back, I don't know. But we will go over what he said and try to dissect it the best that we can. And we got your weekly breakdown of Raw, SmackDown, and AEW. Make sure you guys follow me on social media. At JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. And Cameo. TikTok is absolutely blowing up. We're on our way easily to 10,000 followers, man. Thank you for all the love on TikTok. I'm glad you guys on TikTok are loving the clips. Awesome to see. As usual, Twitter, Instagram, you guys know the deal with that. Links are down below in the description for everything that you need. Hit that subscribe button down below. We are 400 away from 136,000 subscribers. Also, make sure you guys get those Super Chats in. We'll hang out at the end of the show. You guys want to join the VIPs? We got eight VIPs tonight. I want to see double that by the time I get this show started. VIP only on Sundays. Loving it. Also, make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. We got 2,200 people in the venue. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. We need 1,000 likes minimum on tonight's show. Sponsored by my great friends over at Monk Pack. Monkpack.com. You guys are going to use that code scripts to get 20% off your first purchase. Link is down below in the description. Make sure you guys go and check out my great friends over at Monk Pack and we will be talking about them a little bit later on in the show. So, as always, want to thank them for sponsoring tonight's episode 439. Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to hit the top of the news with Bray Wyatt. With Bray Wyatt, Bray Wyatt actually tweeted something cryptic out, as he usually does, on this Sunday evening. Nobody really knows what to make of it. Nobody really knows where he's going to end up. I said this several times, and I'm going to repeat myself again. I do believe Bray Wyatt will be back in the WWE. I do think Bray Wyatt will end up back in WWE. I do think that Tony Khan will make an aggressive offer to to, to Bray Wyatt now that Triple H is in charge. I do expect those things to happen. Whether or not he takes that offer, I don't know. 
But I do think Bray Wyatt's going to end up back in the WWE because I feel like he wants to wrap up whatever story is there before he even contemplates moving on to something new. That is, if he moves on to something new. I do think he's the type of guy that really wants to close the door on what was unceremoniously ruined for him via creative differences with the old administration. So I do think for those reasons, he will end up back in the WWE. His message tonight on Twitter, very cryptic. He posted this on all of his social media accounts. His message talked about the good and the bad of the wrestling business. And there seemed to be some references to some of the biggest names in the business, like The Undertaker, Kane, The Rock, and Ric Flair. He also seemed to reference AEW and Ring of Honor, amongst other things. What this all means is anyone's guess. Nobody knows what Bray Wyatt is actually talking about but Bray Wyatt when he tweets cryptically like this. Fans will undoubtedly speculate about all of this. And they'll speculate who he's going to sign with and when he's going to return and what this means in the lore of the fiend. They'll go crazy with it. This is what he says, and I quote, Wrestling is not a love story. It's a fairy tale for masochists, a comedy for people who criticize, a fairy tale for masochists, by the way, is absolutely 100% true. A comedy for people who criticize punchlines, a fantasy most can't understand, a spectacle no one can deny. Lines are blurred, heroes are villains, budgets are cut, business is business. But it could also be a land where dead men walk, where honor makes you elite, where demons run for office, and rock bottom is a reason to rejoice. W-0-0-0-0-0. It is an escape, a reason to point the blame at anyone but yourself for two or three hours. I'm sure he had a lot of that working under Vince McMahon. An excuse to be a kid again, and nothing matters except the moment we are in. Wrestling is not a love story. It's much more. It's hope. And in a world surrounded in hate, greed, and violence, a world where closure may never come, we all know a place that has hot and cold hope on tap for better or for worse. Now, I have no unearthly fucking clue what this guy means or what he's talking about. But it's Bray Wyatt. And Bray Wyatt, out of everybody in the industry, if everybody seems to be talking about something else, whether it's Triple H or AEW or whatever else the fuck is going on in the industry, Bray Wyatt is the type of guy that when he puts something out, people are going to jump all over it because, let's be honest, the biggest free agent left in the market right now that isn't signed to a major promotion is Bray Wyatt. Nobody knows where he's going. Nobody knows where he wants to go, if he wants to go anywhere. Does he still want to wrestle professionally? Does he even give a shit about this this world anymore? Clearly he does. Otherwise, he wouldn't be on social media and he would disappear into the fucking darkness. But Bray Wyatt, every time he tweets... He gains that spotlight back on him because he leaves it so cryptic and people are fiending to decode what he's saying here. 
Now, I'm not even going to attempt it. I'll wait for some fucking geek on Reddit to hopefully decode what he may, what he may mean here. But I can't tell you what's going to happen with Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt definitely is a name that is in the discussions. This is via the social media realm. I don't know what Triple H is thinking or not or where Stephanie McMahon is thinking. There are names that are coming back to the WWE. We saw this firsthand on SummerSlam. Dakota Kai. She was fired. Fired. And she came back. Bailey is back. EO Shirai. Now EO Sky is back. They're a faction on Monday Night Raw. Then we saw on Friday, Karrion Cross. He was also fired by the older or the last administration. He's back on Friday night. Seems like he's counting down the hourglass and the sands of time in Roman Reigns' title run. There will be names to come back. I would not be surprised if we see Johnny Gargano on Monday Night Raw tomorrow night in Cleveland helping Tommaso Ciampa. That's just a prediction. That is me just speculating on what I feel is coming next. Because we all know Triple H is not done. He ain't done by a long shot. Braun Strowman is another one. I could absolutely see Braun Strowman back. Do I want him back? No, I don't. I think Braun Strowman is a waste of money. Whatever money Braun Strowman would be getting, I would easily give that to anybody else. For one Braun Strowman, you could go out and get four or five different talents and get them on the roster. They're going to help bolster your roster better than one Braun Strowman. And the name that everybody's talking about is Bray Wyatt. I do think Bray Wyatt will be back in the WWE. I do. Triple H is not the type of guy that's going to bring Bray Wyatt back in and just throw him out on television. Yeah, we'll feud you with... uh, Who who did you feud with? We'll we'll pick it up. Seth Rollins. No. No, we're not going to throw Bray Wyatt on television. Everybody that comes to television from this point forward will have a plan in place. It is why you haven't seen... Kevin Owens on television. Why haven't you seen Kevin Owens on television? Because Kevin Owens right now has plans in the works for him. Triple H is not going to put him on television without a fucking plan because Kevin Owens, let's be realistic, is a Triple H guy. So I do think Bray Wyatt will be back in the WWE. When, where, how, against who? Will it be The Fiend? Will it be Eater of Worlds? Will it be something completely new? I don't know. All we have to go on is his father. His father did say that they're wrapping up a couple of things, but it's sooner rather than later before both of his sons, Bo and Bray, end up back in pro wrestling. Just going to leave it at that. I don't know what's going to happen. You guys probably have a better guess than I do. Bray Wyatt will be back in the WWE. Somebody who is also going to be back after his tremendous last man standing match at SummerSlam is Brock Lesnar. There was a rumor going around that Brock Lesnar may be done with the WWE after SummerSlam because of what happened with Vince McMahon retiring and no longer a part of the overall WWE product, no longer a part of creative. That nice little nest for Brock Lesnar is no longer there. Brock Lesnar is not done with the WWE. Brock Lesnar has his first SummerSlam, post-SummerSlam appearance uh, booked as WWE announced it will return with its day one premium live event on January 1, 2023 at the State Farm Arena in Atlanta, Georgia. The arena confirmed the news on Twitter this week 
and shared its promotional material featuring Brock Lesnar. Now, you could either take this as, yes, Brock Lesnar will be there, or in most of these cases, the promotional material goes out because Brock Lesnar is the biggest name employed by the company, and they want to sell tickets for this event. And if Brock Lesnar's on the promotional cover or the promotional art, it's going to translate into better ticket sales for this event instead of putting somebody else on there. Lesnar's a big name. But on the other hand, WWE would not put Brock Lesnar on that promotional poster if Brock Lesnar wasn't with the company. Brock Lesnar is going to be with the WWE. He will be a part of all of their WrestleMania season. WWE introduced this event last year. This is a new concept, new idea from co-CEO Nick Conman. It was supposed to be headlined this year by Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. But the match was changed because Roman tested positive for COVID-19. Lesnar was moved to the WWE title match where he won the championship and it was made into a fatal five-way unceremoniously, uh, basically taking Big E out of all title conversation. Once Lesnar walked out of SmackDown shortly after Vince McMahon and his announcement of retirement, there had been people speculating that Lesnar could be leaving the company since he would no longer be doing business with McMahon. Lesnar returned to the show and showed up during the show's final segment and went on to work the scheduled last man standing match with Reigns at SummerSlam. As previously reported, Dave Meltzer uh, said this on The Observer. Lesnar has worked out a new deal with the company, so everything is seemingly fine between the two sides, and he will continue to work with WWE with Triple H and Stephanie McMahon in charge of the company. So I don't know why anybody expected Brock Lesnar to be done. Uh, it is going to be a breath of fresh air when Lesnar does not show back up on television. And I don't think we need Lesnar back on TV this year at all. This will give more than enough time for his absence to really sit well. We see him and he returns for WrestleMania season. People aren't burnt out. Over Brock Lesnar. And I will give him credit. He walked out. He came back, right? He was upset that Vince retired. He went out there and had a tremendous match with Roman Reigns. He was as professional as professional could be. He did uh, things that we didn't even think were going to happen in that match at SummerSlam. Ended up being one of the more memorable matches of the entire year just based on the physicality of it and the whole ambiance and environments that was that last man standing match. The chaos that happened there. But... Lesnar, he will definitely be a part of WrestleMania season. Who he wrestles, I don't know. That's what I'm very curious about. What Triple H does creatively different with Brock Lesnar as opposed to Vince McMahon. Under Vince McMahon, he was being used with no creativity whatsoever. Here we got Cowboy Brock. We got Looser Brock. He came out there and he was doing his shtick. This was probably the best iteration of Brock Lesnar that we've seen in years. But the matches are largely the same. Lesnar is being paid all this amount of money to basically do nothing more than German suplexes and F5s. Now, I understand he doesn't have to do much of anything because he's Brock Lesnar, but I would like to see Lesnar actually step it up. And I think in a world where Triple H is looking to fully eliminate sports entertainment and give you more of a pro wrestling aspect, I do think that we may end up seeing a little bit more wrestling from Brock Lesnar. I don't think we're going to see the two, three, four, five-minute squashes that Lesnar is used to. I think in the Triple H era WWE, 
we may see a little bit more of a wrestling-esque Brock Lesnar. I hope so. I could be wrong, but I hope that's the case. Lesnar's not going anywhere, so anybody that was reporting his demise and him walking out because of what had happened clearly was misinformed. Lesnar is back or will be back with the WWE in the beginning of the new year. Speaking of Lesnar at SummerSlam, the tractor spot, which was absolutely memorable and will go down as one of the most memorable SummerSlam moments of all time, it was reportedly a lot rougher and harder than expected. Now, you guys know what I'm talking about. Lesnar took the tractor and lifted the ring. It was tremendous. Roman Reigns rolled out of the ring. Most notably, Lesnar, like I said, drove this tractor amongst all the chaos. He drove it during his ring entrance. He jumped off of it. He put reins in it. He dumped reins from the front end of the tractor. He lifted the ring with the tractor. PW Insider is reporting that when the ring was lifted, it was pushed back towards the announce table, which was apparently far rougher and harder than anyone had planned for. Now, WWE had at least one rehearsal spot for this spot the day before SummerSlam with someone from the production team lifting the ring. As previously noted, Lesnar, like I said, is not done with the company. They've already announced him for day one. And Reigns, he will make his next title defense against either McIntyre, Cross, Karrion Cross, or both at the Clash at the Castle event on September 3rd. So I'm glad that that tractor spot went off the way that it did, a lot rougher and a lot harder. I mean, I don't know how you could really plan for things to go right in a spot that unpredictable. But from what we saw, everybody loved the chaos. Nobody was overly hurt. The announced team was fine. Reigns and the Usos and Theory and Lesnar was fine. Nobody in the front rows got attacked or they, they, didn't, uh, they didn't get injured. So I think all went well there, even though uh, PW Insider said that the spot was a lot rougher and harder than they had originally practiced. Logan Paul, the other name coming out of SummerSlam, had a big, big, big SummerSlam. Logan Paul looked fantastic at SummerSlam. So Logan Paul is with the WWE. We don't know when he's going to be back with the WWE, but Dave Meltzer, in the latest edition of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, mentioned that Paul will not be wrestling for WWE anytime soon as he's focusing on a proposed boxing match that is scheduled for December. Paul confirmed that he has returned to boxing training during the latest episode of the Pat McAfee show. During this appearance, Paul revealed that he goes to a number of WWE higher-ups for advice, noting that he feels accepted as a member of the WWE locker room. Logan Paul had his match against The Miz at SummerSlam, and he teamed up with The Miz at WrestleMania against the Mysterios. He is currently undefeated in pro wrestling, Winning the tag team match with The Miz and then beating The Miz at SummerSlam, he's 2-0 in his first two matches in WWE. Ironically, Paul has yet to win a boxing match, but he's 2-0 in WWE. Now, Paul and KSI, apparently they are fighting to a majority draw in their last amateur fight, I believe. KSI picked up a split decision victory in their pro fight. And Paul's exhibition match against Floyd Mayweather in June 2021 did not have a winner determined. So he's trying to get into the boxing thing. 
I think he should stick to the wrestling thing. I think he's going to be a very, very, very good hand in the WWE. And listen, I said this on SummerSlam. I said this coming out of the SummerSlam post-show. Logan Paul was probably the best celebrity in ring that I've ever seen. Everybody that WWE has kind of reached out to as far as a celebrity or in, in the Hollywood realm to come and do something in the ring, Logan Paul blew everybody away, and I'm even including Pat McAfee. I think Logan Paul was the best in-ring celebrity performance of all time. That's just me. He's just a natural. He, he, he just goes in there, and, and it seems like he's been doing this for years. You know, you don't really see anybody just go in there and make it seem so effortless like Logan Paul. And I really, really enjoyed his performance. I'd be the first to tell you about the celebrity appearances. I didn't like Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny blew everybody away. Bad Bunny was very respectable. Very respectable. Tag team match against Miz and Morrison with Damian Priest was probably one of the highlights of that WrestleMania. He blew everybody's expectation out of the water, and he made everybody at the end of that WrestleMania say, you know what, Bad Bunny, he fucked shit up, man. He did his thing. I could say, say the same thing about Logan Paul. Even Johnny Knoxville, man. Johnny Knoxville and the match with Sami Zayn was a fucking joke. But they went in there and they they took some fucking bumps. They didn't, they didn't skimp on anything. The match was awful. But he went in there and he bumped around. So I can respect that. You know, Stephen Amell, too. A lot of people are like, well, J.D., what do you think of Stephen Amell? Stephen Amell did a very good job as well. You know, it, it's, it's tough because, you know, with Pat McAfee going in there and killing his appearances and Logan Paul going in there and killing his appearances... You know, WWE is going to have a very, very, very difficult time finding celebrities that are going to be able to top what Logan Paul and Pat McAfee have recently done. It's going to come off as, oh, my God, WWE is going to bring in a celebrity, but are they going to be as good as Logan Paul? Logan Paul, you know, he set the standard now. Logan Paul's the benchmark for what people are going to expect from celebrity appearances. So they got to be very careful. Whoever the next celebrity appearance is, is after Logan Paul, they're going to have to be very careful who they enlist to come on into the WWE world. It's going to be very tricky for them to figure that out because he was damn good. He was very, very good at SummerSlam. Let's shift gears, man. I didn't talk about this, but there was more news on this this week. As you guys know, Triple H with Paul Heyman, Nick Khan, Stephanie McMahon, they all sat in. SummerSlam weekend for WWE tryouts in Nashville. They're looking to find the next WrestleMania main event star. They're looking to to find the next household name. The tryouts at SummerSlam were said to be a disaster and could be leading to changes, permanent changes, in the way WWE goes about their training, tryouts, and hiring process. The tryout saw at least, according to Jimmy Smith on Monday Night Raw this week, over 50 athletes from 47 different colleges participate. Now, there were a number of NXT 2.0 stars on hand to help out. I know I saw Brutus Creed, Ivy Nile, Lash Legend. I don't know why anybody would want fucking training or help from Trash Legend, but here we are. They were all there. And, of course, obviously, the Performance Center coaching staff was there, Matt Bloom, and everybody that's still a part of the Performance Center. Triple H, Nick Khan, Stephen McMahon, Big E, Paul Heyman, they were all among the names, observing the tryouts and looking for potential stars 
for WWE's future. Now, it all sounds great. It all sounds great outside the trash legend part. But it all sounds great, but it did not go exactly the way that they wanted it. Brian Alvarez mentioned this on The Observer Live, and he says this, and I quote, and I will get into what I've been saying, and you guys know what I've said about the NIL program and how WWE absolutely needs to go and start hiring off the independent circuit. Independent wrestling is the lifeblood of pro wrestling. You cannot abandon that. They're going to go back to that after what I read to you, and this is what Alvarez said, and I quote, Apparently, this most recent set of WWE tryouts, this was the set of tryouts where a lot of the NIL folk showed up trying to get deals. There were no independent wrestlers allowed. The word is this probably is the last time that is going to happen. Now, I read somewhere that independent wrestlers were going to be allowed at this specific tryout. Apparently, according to Alvarez, there were no independent pro wrestlers allowed, but the rulings and the hiring process is going to change now with what happened at this particular tryout. There were a lot of folks trying out and a lot of folks got hurt. There were a ton of injuries at this set of tryouts, several concussions. It was the blind leading the blind, says Alvarez. So anyway, it looks like the days of all college athletes attempting to get NIL deals, no independent wrestlers, it appears that that process is probably over. I heard a lot of injuries. I heard a lot of them, quite frankly, sucked. And I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth, but from what I heard, it sounded like it was a disaster, says Alvarez. So Dave Meltzer put this out, and he says, and I quote, at the Nashville tryouts, where they said they had 50 athletes from 47 different colleges. Since most had never been in the ring, nobody really stood out. One person noted that nobody stood out immediately like a future superstar and that this may be the last tryout only using college athletes as they think they will revert back to wanting independent wrestlers with experience again combined with recruiting of athletes from college. They did sign 14 of the 50 to WWE contracts. There were a few concussions and shoulder injuries and more injuries possibly than any tryout ever due to the lack of in-ring experience, end quote. Now, again, I thought the memo was for this tryout to have independent professional wrestlers. Clearly, that was not the case. The blind leading the blind. 50 tryouts, they signed 14. Not really good. If you're going to have 50, I would say 25 plus would be a great tryout. 14. And we don't even know how good those 14 are. The 14 that may have been hired were probably, you know, by default, petty uh, hiring uh, talent. I don't know who these people are or how good they were, but I feel like they needed to sign somebody, and those are the 14 that they decided upon. But I've said this for weeks talking about the NIL program, and I said this for weeks talking about their hiring process. You know, Vince, this is all a Vince McMahon idea. This is a Vince McMahon and Nick Khan idea. They wanted to change everything about the way Triple H did it in NXT, black and gold. The way Triple H did it is, yeah, they were never afraid to hire 
uh, a, a failed college athlete, right, who played uh, NCAA. They were never afraid to hire, you know, an amateur football player or a cheerleader or anybody. WNBA. They were never afraid. They never shied away from any of that. So I never really, I never really understood why they would specifically design a hiring and recruitment process based on that and that only. Meanwhile, with what Triple H did, he mixed obviously more independent pro wrestlers than college athletes. It it may have been 75% indies and then 25%, you know, outside sources, college and WNBA and all these other sports. But they never they never shied away from hiring people of those different backgrounds. So why the change all of a sudden? The reason they changed it is, is because the way Triple H originally had it, it was the right way to go about it. The process before Vince McMahon, Bruce Prichard, and Nick Khan wiped NXT off the fucking planet, the black and gold off the planet, the way Triple H had it was the right way to go about it. They didn't want that. They didn't want anything of Triple H and what he did right to remain. Otherwise, we'd all look at the way Triple H did it and say, hey, that's the right way to go about it. They're just taking it from Triple H. They want to do it their way, and they want to show you why his way was wrong. Their way is the only way. So that's why they changed it, and it failed. It's going to fail, and that's why there's possibility here for it to change. Disaster, concussions, injuries, nobody standing out, being a WrestleMania household name. Of course, that's going to be the way it's going to be. How many of these NIL NIL athletes are going to be WrestleMania main eventers? You think you're going to find the next Kurt Angle or the next Rock or the next Steve Austin? Not even those guys. That's like the elite amongst the elite amongst the elite. You're never going to find the next any of those guys. Ever. But to find a WrestleMania main eventer in there, it is going to take years. Meanwhile, you may have somebody on the independent circuit that's given 12 12 years of their life to pro wrestling, knows how to professionally wrestle, and just needs to be worked with as far as character development, maybe kind of mold his in-ring style to get a little bit more solid, you know, shed the the, the indie style a little bit, mix it with a little of the WWE style. There's not much that needs to be changed there. Why these people were shunned in the first place, I don't really get it. You may have the next WrestleMania main event guy right on the independent circuit. And the people that don't think that, you know, they want all the the no-names. That's all they want. They don't want the indie midgets. They don't want the indie darlings. This is the lifeblood of the fucking industry. Without the indies, WWE doesn't exist. Without the indies, AEW doesn't exist. Without the indies, half of the fucking people that you see on WWE television are not there. Give me a break. So, of course, this is the right way to go about it. It's going to take forever for them to find who they want. Meanwhile, the Indies probably has one, two, three, four, five, five people that they could immediately use within a year, year and a half, two years tops. Probably less than that. I never understood it. Never. It was a fucking disaster from the word go. They wanted to train people in the WWE way. They wanted people. This is how fucking sick these people. This is how sick the former administration was. They wanted people that did not know jack shit about professional wrestling. 
Because they wanted you to think the only way was the WWE way. They didn't want you to know pro wrestling on the indies. That's dirty to them. Not anymore. Not anymore. Triple H is changing the game completely. And we'll get into that right now because the Raw ratings... I've never been happy for a Raw rating in my entire life, man. The Raw ratings on Monday drew the highest total viewership since 2020. Now, this is not cause for celebration. I don't want people to start throwing Triple H a fucking ticker tape parade here. This is one Monday. Now we're going to look at this Monday and see if there's a dip in the ratings. There will be. People will see a dip in the ratings and then they will cry, Triple H is failing. Let's get Vince McMahon back. No. No, it doesn't work that way. Monday Night Raw hasn't seen a 2.23 rating in two fucking years. So clearly something worked. Monday Night Raw drew a 2.23 million viewership on the USA Network, up from a week ago that was 1.9. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That is a great increase. Now, it is the summer. There is less for people to watch. There really isn't any cinematic shows or episodic shows on that really catch your eye on basic cable or whatnot. You know, football season really hasn't hit yet. So you know when the NFL season starts that these numbers are going to take a major, a major, major hit. They're not going to be doing 2.23. But Triple H is going to attack this better than Vince McMahon did. Vince McMahon, he went into this shit fucking defeated already. They didn't give a shit. They knew they were going to be against the NFL, and they didn't care. They didn't really attack this with, yeah, man, we're going to put on a great show. We're going to at least try to stop people from changing the channel. No. They didn't even bother. Triple H is not going to do that. Triple H is going to make you keep it on Monday night, and he's going to build a show that tells you, hey, maybe I shouldn't change the channel here. That's exactly what he's going to do. He's going to try. The 18 to 49 demo saw the average of 0.61. That was this was up from a 0.50 last week. This was the fallout edition of SummerSlam. So obviously that aided in everything as well. And you know, SummerSlam was a very thumbs up show. So clearly people were excited coming out of SummerSlam and they wanted to see what was going to be the fallout from everything that happened at SummerSlam. People were buzzing. Got Dakota Kai, we got Io Shirai, we got Bailey back, right? The women's division is looking fucking better than ever. Brock Lesnar almost destroyed the entire fucking ringside area. 
18 to 49 demos saw the average of 0.65, 0.62, and 0.56 in hours one, two, and three. Awesome. Show was ranked number one in the cable top 150. And this is going to be something to monitor. We're going to see this coming Monday and see what Triple H does. It's going to be a long game. He's not going to change everything overnight. There were subtle changes as far as Monday Night Raw is concerned. This is not going to be an overnight thing. This is not the rating you need to be looked at. That's a very positive start. That's a great foundation. Now we need to build upon that. The ratings that are really going to matter and the ratings that are really going to matter to Triple H are this week's rating and then the week after that and the week after that and leading into Clash of the Castle. And by that time, NFL season will be starting up and Monday Night Football will be back on ABC, ESPN. So it's going to be a very difficult fall and winter months for Triple H. Will he be able to handle it? I don't know. I think he will. And I think he's going to attack it better than Vince McMahon ever could. With this Raw rating, there was a backstage optimism. There was a sense of backstage optimism in WWE. Optimism is being felt everywhere. I'm feeling optimistic for the first time in forever. People are complaining about me. J.D., you're being too positive. J.D., you're too positive, man. What's going on? You complained when I was negative. You complained when I'm positive. What the fuck do I have to do for you people? What do I have to do for you people? I don't get it. I'm going to continue to be positive because I was positive all Triple H administration in NXT Black and Gold. That man could do no wrong in my eyes. None. NXT Black and Gold was the best in-ring product on the planet. There will be nobody in this lifetime that will, con- that will convince me otherwise. None. You guys know how good Black and Gold was. And you guys know what black and gold meant to me. I said it every fucking week. But there is a sense of optimism backstage in WWE with Triple H now in charge of creative. Heading into the show, heading into SummerSlam, it was reported that Triple H was going to go about SummerSlam. It was a Vince McMahon, Bruce Pritchard show already. There really wasn't much he could do. All Triple H could do was a little dash there, a little dash there, season it up a little bit and get you excited about his full night on Monday. The word going into Monday was that it was going to be a statement show for the new regime. It was not a statement show. A statement show to me is take over New York. It was not a statement show. But Triple H did things on that show that really got you excited about what's to come. Triple H left you watching Monday Night Raw with that ending of Monday Night Raw, he left you saying to yourself, and I said it, because I, I, listen, I'm always honest with you guys. I said it so I know you guys were saying the same thing. You're all excited for Monday Night Raw. And I'm not afraid to admit that. I'm excited for Monday Night I was excited for SmackDown. Believe it or not, SmackDown is horrendous television. I was excited for SmackDown because of the possibility of change. And we got change on Monday. We got change on Friday. We didn't get change on Tuesday. Triple H hasn't really done much with Tuesday and NXT 2.0. NXT 2.0 felt like it was still a Bruce Pritchard written show. It had a Bruce Pritchard vibe. It had a Bruce Pritchard feel. There really wasn't much change at all. There was no change at all. Never mind much change. There wasn't any change at all. It really did feel like Triple H is taking care of Raw and SmackDown. And he's continuing to let Bruce do what Bruce does on Tuesday night until he says, you know what? Now it's time to change Tuesday. I did Monday. I did Friday. Now let's go 
kind of rebuild Tuesday night. So Tuesday still does feel like a Bruce Pritchard show. Monday Night Raw was not a statement show. It wasn't. But Monday Night Raw was a great show. That was probably the best Monday Night Raw. The most focused Monday Night Raw of the entire year. They were so impressed with what Triple H had planned, they gave him commercial free for the first hour. Commercial free for the first hour. And when was the last time Vince McMahon got a commercial free first hour? Renato Alec with a 99.99 super chat. Oh my goodness, man. Thank you, brother. $100 super chat. Says JD, literally the hardest worker out here. Been watching you since 2015. It's amazing to see you come from working a job you hate to risking it all working for yourself. Proud of you, brother. Cheers to Renato Alec in the chat. Thank you so much, man. That really means a lot to me. And I'm very happy that you're here tonight on OTS. USA Network was so pleased that they gave him commercial free. When was the last time Vince McMahon ever got a fucking commercial free first hour of Monday Night Raw? And when was USA Network ever pleased with what Vince McMahon had planned for Monday Night Raw? They were fresh matches. There was more wrestling, which we will get into. We're going to go over all the changes. I legitimately spent my breakfast time this morning writing all the changes down. And we're going to go over each one of them. More wrestling. There was more wrestling on Monday. There was double the amount of wrestling on Monday in the Triple H era on his first night in than all of the wrestling we saw on Monday Night Raw two weeks ago when Vince was still in charge. More women's wrestling was featured. That could be a good or a bad thing depending on who's being featured, but women's wrestling. Triple H, crea- Triple H created, NXT created the women's revolution. So if you don't think this man is going to go in there and change the women's division to make it line up with what he did and his vision in black and gold, you got another thing coming. And Triple H, on the priority list of Triple H, women's wrestling is at or near the top. He's going to fix it. As referenced on SmackDown, we're getting the women's tag team titles back. I don't like it. I don't agree with it. But if there's anybody that's going to make sense of it and really make it good, it's going to be Paul Levesque. Fightful reported. Even people not on the show, meaning people that weren't booked for Monday Night Raw, seemed excited about the future with Triple H in charge. After talking with several wrestlers, they indicated that they have a renewed optimism with Triple H heading up creative. And there should be optimism. I don't know how anybody... Cannot be excited for this. The roster, the locker room, Friday Night SmackDown, every Monday Night Raw rosters, they're all, they're all excited about this. No longer do you have to walk on eggshells. No longer. Triple H went in there and said, I want it to be an open-door policy. I want to come in here and do things my way. Yes, everybody thanks Vince McMahon. Yes, thank Vince McMahon. Without Vince McMahon, none of us would be here. There'd be no IWC. Sure. Sure. I acknowledge that. But I also acknowledge that change was desperately needed, and if it continued under Vince McMahon, I don't know how many more fans there would be of this show. I don't know how many fans would be on the social media boards talking about WWE. I don't know how many people would remain patient with the old administration in charge. This is a day that we all wanted. And now we're getting it. 
The fact of the matter is we heard the term wrestler or pro wrestling on Friday Night SmackDown. I mean, I don't understand this shit. If this was three weeks ago, none of this is, t- is happening. That alone is a major fucking deal. That means Triple H is embracing pro wrestling and not just sports entertainment. Renewed optimism. One NXT star said that Dakota Kai being brought back to be a part of Bailey's new faction was a great sign and it makes them hopeful for their future. How many times do we talk about this? How many times do we talk about NXT call-ups in the Vince McMahon era? Oh my God, they're going to fucking die. I can't see them move from NXT to Raw or NXT to SmackDown with Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon in charge. They're going to ruin everything, especially when Triple H was there. They take people and ruin them on purpose. It was like a sport to them. How could we bury this person and how badly can we bury them? Yes, they're Paul Levesque's guy. Ha, 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 ha. We're going to bury them and make him look like a fool. That's exactly what they did. Now, some of them obviously filtered through and they were okay. But most of them did not. That's exactly what they thought about the NXT black and gold process. Look at all the people that they fired. You mean to tell me you couldn't find one WrestleMania main event guy and all of the 200 fucking people that you fired? 80% of them were from Triple H. And the people that he hired. Of course there's fucking optimism. Now with Triple H in charge, people are going to be wanting to go to the main roster. Instead of hiding away when Vince and Bruce and Nick Khan and fucking People Power went into the performance center. They'd hide themselves in a fucking closet. Once they caught glimpse of you, forget about it. It was over. It was over, man. It was like Predator feasting on his next meal. It's exactly what they did. They probably went down there and all the people that were fucking afraid of their jobs, losing their jobs, they probably hid in a fucking closet somewhere and waited until the coast was clear. Because if they saw you and they called you up, forget about it. You were done for. Now, everybody's going to be in good hands. All the women that get called up. All the women that get called up. Where the fuck is there? You know, obviously, you you got everybody that was high on the list of priorities for Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard there now. You know, there's nobody there that is going to be a failure. Not now. But I'm talking about a guy like a Dexter Loomis who was there. He was fired in the same uh, budget cut that Dakota Kai, that Dakota Kai was a part of. Dexter Loomis. If Dexter Loomis was still there and he got called up under Vince McMahon, he'd be fucking better. He'd be a fucking comedy character, 24-7 character. Under Triple H, someone like that getting called up, they are now in good hands. A Candice LeRae, they would be in good hands. Johnny Gargano, they would be in good hands. Carmelo Hayes, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even trust fucking Carmelo Hayes with Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon. There'd be a fucking way they fucked that up too. Now, you mean to tell me that Carmelo Hayes is not in good hands? When Carmelo Hayes makes the jump to Raw SmackDown, he is going to be a fucking superstar. That rocket pack is going to be fucking blazing to the top. With Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard there, I don't know if that happens. It may happen. But it's not going to happen immediately like Triple H is planning on it to happen. Yes, there is optimism, and optimism is a beautiful thing. Two top stars said they were excited to not wrestle the same person every week. Wow. I get, I get criticized for calling this shit out every week, and people claim that I'm negative. Meanwhile, I guarantee you half the fucking shit that I say probably resonates in the locker room. They can't say so because they worked for who they worked for. But now you're hearing it firsthand. Two top stars 
said that they were excited not to wrestle the same person every fucking week. I said this was an issue every fucking week when I did my show. Rematch after rematch after rematch after rematch. You don't think that they shared that same sentiment? No, but I'm negative. Meanwhile, the locker room is more than likely thinking the same thing that I'm thinking and agreeing with everything that I say, but they're not at liberty to say so. Nobody wants to see rematches every fucking week. One of the highlights of Dynamite every week is the fact that we don't get a fucking rematch every week. It's what keeps the show fresh. If you see a rematch three times in three weeks for no reason, you're not going to really want to go out of your way and watch the fucking show. This is a stark contrast from just a few weeks ago. And after speaking over two over two dozen talent, no one raised concerns within the roster about Vince McMahon no longer being in creative. Everybody is thrilled. Triple H has also been credited for having visions and in integrating things that were previous Vince projects. An example was the Maximum Male Models. He didn't can it. He didn't get rid of it. He wants to use everybody and is going to give everybody a chance to get their current shtick over. But he didn't put them onto the SmackDown episode. He gave them like a commercial or, or a fucking advertisement spot. Talking about water. Yes, pure water. Maximum male model. The official drink of maximum male model. I, I, I can do the same thing. Liquid death. The official drink of off the script. Now, I'm not a fucking maximum male model. But that's exactly what he did. He incorporated their shtick into the show to, to make it seem like a commercial or an advertisement. Instead of wasting 15 minutes on them coming out fucking showing their ass and doing some beachwear collection bullshit. It's crazy. PW Insider also reports that Vince McMahon has been removed from the internal roster. The move happened earlier this week. Good. Good. There's no reason for Vince McMahon's image or likeness to be lingering on any backstage internal notes. He's not there. Get rid of him. Now, with optimism, there are people worried about losing their spot in the WWE. Now, I don't know who would be worried about losing their spot. We got rematch after rematch after rematch after rematch. I mean, I don't understand who the fuck's worried about losing their spot. The rosters are so thin. Right now. And nobody should be concerned about losing their smart, uh, spot. Champa, obviously he's in line for a big push. He's a big Triple H guy. Obviously we saw Ali. Obviously we saw Cross on SmackDown. Ricochet opened the show on Friday night. I'm assuming we'll see Gunther and Pete Dunn. Butch. Butch is going to get a big role on the show too. I don't know if that is going to remain his name in the Triple H. I hope, I hope to God not. I hope we do something along the lines of changing his name. But there are people worried about losing their spots with Triple H in charge. Now, Dave Meltzer mentioned this this week, and he said this, and I quote, I've heard from some talent, and generally they are positive. There are definitely people who are worried that they're going to lose their spots, and there will be some people who will, because you're going to have different visions of who is at the top and who the top people are. Not everyone can be a top guy. So, people are worried. Now, Ezekiel was a name, and Omas was a name. Now, let's be real. Do you miss Ezekiel? No. I guarantee you didn't You didn't even realize Ezekiel was missing from the show. Ezekiel was a staple on the show, because that's all Vince McMahon knew. Vince McMahon had oncoming dementia. So, 
he would book matches over and over and over again without realizing that he's done it three or four different fucking times before he actually booked it for that show. This was a common theme. This was a complaint from the Vince McMahon era. Ezekiel. Nobody's missing Ezekiel from Monday night. In, in, in fact, Ezekiel is a terrible gimmick. If there needs to be a rework, let's bring back Elias and have Ezekiel fucking go off and, uh, and di- disappear. Nobody wants Ezekiel on the show. The other name that was brought to people's attention was Omas. Now, I, I think I speak for everybody that Omas is somebody that shouldn't be on television. Nobody cares about Omas. I don't know how anybody could potentially miss Omas. What is there to miss? So Ezekiel and Elias, or whatever, Ezekiel, Elias, fucking Elrod, whatever the fuck his name is. Omas, these are names cited on the report about people worried about losing their spots. No, I'm sorry. Triple H is thinking along the same thing that we're thinking. Omas should not be on television. Omas should be either on main event working or honing his skills, or worse yet, back at the fucking performance center. A Monday Night Raw without Omas is a better Monday Night Raw. Omas shouldn't have even been on television, period. He was only there because it's all Vince McMahon knew. How anybody could look at this guy and think, oh my God, um, you know what Monday Night Raw needs? Omas. No. No. Triple H will put Omas back on television when two things happen. Number one, he gets better in ring. Number two, he's got a fucking solid plan for him to return. I hope neither of those things happen immediately. Ezekiel, let's bring back Elias. At least Elias had somewhat of a fucking personality. So optimism. Mostly optimistic. So we don't really need to worry about people losing their spots. I'm not concerned about that at all. There's no spots to lose. The roster is so fucking bare bones thin. It's not even an issue. But WWE is starting to change wrestlers who were miscast. So you may start to see... Those people who should have been pushed that were being buried by the previous administration start to get some shine. And they're going to go through the process of rebuilding these stars. Some of the names include Ricochet, Shayna Baszler, Tommaso Ciampa. It was basically Ciampa is raw on Monday. Mustafa Ali, Dolph Ziggler was on Monday Night Raw. Uh, He had nothing to do with Austin Theory or AJ Styles or anything like that. Dolph Ziggler was just Dolph Ziggler. You let Dolph Ziggler go, he's one of the best guys that they got as far as an in-ring aspect is concerned. Shinsuke Nakamura. There was no 24-7 title. So clearly all of those people, those geeks, were miscast. There's been no 24-7 title for three weeks now. Chad Gable. Everybody thinks Chad Gable is a singles guy ready to break out. We could see Chad Gable go on his own. We could see Chad Gable have a singles role in the WWE, and I think Triple H could be very well on his way to doing that. WWE changed a lot, a lot, in the last week. You have to open your eyes to see it. Before McMahon's resignation, he, alongside Bruce Prichard, had the final say on everything, including NXT. But for all the geeks out there that continue to say, oh, sure, Michaels ran NXT. <laughs> no, he didn't. Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard ran NXT 
from fucking Zoom. That's the way it was. Michaels was there. <laughs> what can I do for you today, Vince? Him and his fucking crooked eyes. Triple H now has the final say on Monday and Friday and hopefully soon Tuesday. One instance of WWE starting to change wrestlers that were miscast is Katana Chance, formerly Casey Cotanzaro. She was a natural babyface. Nobody would ever look at Casey and think heel or think maybe we should turn her heel. No. WWE has booked her heel alongside Caden Carter Carter, once they became a team. There there was a moment where they wanted to turn them into a heel heel duo. On Tuesday's NXT, WWE held a fatal four-way elimination match to determine the new NXT Women's Tag Team Champions, which was won by Casey Cotanzaro, now Katana Chance, these names are ridiculous, and Caden Carter. Before the match, Chance and Carter cut what sounded to me like a heel promo. Now, however, after winning the titles, they did a babyface promo. This came days after Triple H turned Becky Lynch from a heel to a babyface and Ronda from a babyface to heel at SummerSlam. Dave Meltzer talked about other miscast stars that are now being corrected. A lot of people who were miscast in this case, let's face it, Casey Cotanzaro, should not have been cast as a heel. She is a babyface. They were getting ready to miscast her, and now they are casting her where she should be, just like Becky Lynch. So this is not the only instance. This is not the only instance. T-Bar. Dominic Dijakovic is getting a rework or revamp. Dijak is going to be back on WWE TV. No more T-Bar, no more fucking retribution, no more wasting away because Vince McMahon deemed retribution a failure and then attributed that to you being a failure. None of this is going to be a pressing issue anymore. And that is one of the guys I can't wait to see repackaged, Dijak, because he was fucking great in NXT. And if they let him shine on NXT and let him go a little bit longer in NXT and not call him up and put him in a fucking failure of a group that died in six weeks, we could be looking looking at a breakout guy. A guy that could be in the upper level main events right at that cusp of being a main event guy. He's got all the tools to be. He's another guy that's going to get a rework. I got news on that in a bit. But yes... Wrestlers who were miscast. That is definitely on the list of priorities for Triple H. Look at Ricochet. Look at Ricochet on Friday Night SmackDown. Ricochet opened SmackDown against Baron Corbin. Probably the best Baron Corbin match that I've seen in months. Ricochet is a great professional wrestler. If you don't think so, I'm going to have to kindly ask you to get the fuck out. Ricochet is one of the best pro wrestlers on the planet. You put him in there against anybody... Every single time Ricochet is in there, he makes them look like a fucking megastar. When has anybody made Ricochet look like a megastar? You know who's going to make Ricochet look like a megastar? Triple H. Paul Levesque. You talk about statement. Monday Night Raw was supposed to be a statement show, right? SmackDown was a statement. That opening match was a statement. Not only because of Karrion Cross being brought back, but Ricochet opening that show against Baron Corbin, a stereotypical WWE guy. You could open the show with anybody. You could open the show with Mad Cat Moss. You could open the show with Austin Theory. You could open the show with fucking anybody. 
Could open the show with Roman Reigns in a promo. Could open the show with Drew McIntyre. Triple H wanted to open the show with Ricochet. And he won. To me, that's a statement. I don't need Triple H to tell me it's a statement. It felt like one, and it looked like one. Anybody else could have been in that spot. He chose Ricochet to be in that spot. I wonder why. Because Ricochet's been buried for the last four years. Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler won the gauntlet match on Friday Night SmackDown. Anybody could have won that gauntlet match. The gauntlet match sucked. And Raquel Rodriguez looked like she was on her way to winning the gauntlet match. But Triple H gave it to Shayna Baszler. Could have given it to anybody else. Could have given it to anybody else. Could have given it to Raquel. <laughs> Smiley Raquel Rodriguez Gonzalez. Right? Could have given it to Shotzi. Could have given it to Natty. Could have had somebody have her spot taken and Sasha Banks came in or Ronda Rousey comes in. Whatever. Could have gave it to anybody. They gave it to Shayna Baszler. Why? Because Shayna Baszler is a Triple H girl. Hired by Triple H and his administration in black and gold, Shayna Baszler was booked perfectly in black and gold. She is the most dominant female in the history of that women's division, not named Asuka. Shayna Baszler is number two, right under Asuka. Shayna Baszler was fucking wasted with Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard. Why is that? All you need to do is look at her, and there's the answer. Shayna Baszler doesn't look like fucking Alexa Bliss. Shayna Baszler doesn't look like Nikita Lyons. That's the reason why Shayna Baszler wasn't pushed. Tag team with Natty, tag team with Nia, fucking buried here, buried there. She was used as a fucking enhancement star. Meanwhile, she is the second biggest name to come out of that women's division right under Asuka as dominance. Dominance! She dominated that division. Leather jacket wearing, I'm gonna fucking beat your ass, Shayna Baszler. She's back. And it all ties into the Ronda Rousey story. Triple H is already making sense of Shayna Baszler beating everybody in that gauntlet match. So yeah, she's getting pushed. And yes, Shayna Baszler should win the Women's Championship at Clash of the Castle. Tommaso Ciampa. You guys watch Raw. You saw what happened. He wins a triple threat match. He beats AJ Styles. He gets a championship match against Bobby Lashley in the United States Championship on Monday, tomorrow night. This guy was on his way to nowhere with The Miz. On his way to nowhere with The Miz. And now we got this guy potentially looking at a United States Championship. Great match with Bobby Lashley. And maybe we see Johnny Gargano and a Johnny Gargano siding in Cleveland on Monday. Tommaso Ciampa is the greatest NXT champion of all time. All time. Not Balor, not Joe, not Cole, not Nakamura, not Rollins, not Big E. Nobody. Nobody was better than Ciampa. The greatest heel in the last decade in WWE. They paired this fucking guy up with the goddamn fucking Miz. The Miz and being paired up with the Miz is career suicide. Just ask John Morrison. Champa being paired up with the Miz is a fucking embarrassment. Triple H came in. Nah. Now nah, we're getting rid of this shit. 
who are getting rid of this shit. I'm doing my guy right. You bring somebody like that, like that up to the main roster, he should be, he should be what Randy Orton is to the fucking roster. Veteran status that could go and do anything you ask of him. They got this guy fucking lacking for the Miz. What a joke. A complete joke. Ali. Ali wasn't on TV for the last fucking month. Not under Vince McMahon. First night in, Triple H. Yeah, we're getting Ali back on television. This guy was in there and he did things that we haven't seen of Ali at all since he returned. Big DDT on the outside, flipping around. That great finish with AJ Styles. Might not be a lot, but Ali got a nice little showcase for himself. Why? Triple H. Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler was on the show. Nothing to do with theory, which didn't make any sense. Nothing to do with Styles or pairing him with Styles didn't make any sense. They sent Dolph Ziggler out there to wrestle. Go figure. Dolph Ziggler out there wrestling. Let's not stop there. Shinsuke Nakamura. I think we're going to get strong style Nakamura back, especially if he's going one-on-one with Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship. I think we're going to see the NXT Nakamura back under Triple H. No 24-7 title. Not one fucking sniff of the 24-7 title have we seen on Monday Night Raw. And you're not pleased about that? I know I am. Burn it. Burn it. Chad Gable. WWE has had Chad Gable in their possession for years and did nothing with him. Nothing. This guy's a breakout guy waiting to happen. And he's owned his fucking thank you gimmick. And shush. He's killed it. I don't know why anybody is looking at Chad Gable and not excited about a potential singles role. He could be fucking incredible if they just let him go. And he gets good heat. He's getting great heat. Let him go. Other things that I would do with Triple H in charge, Dijak. I mentioned Dijak. Let's bring back Dijak. Get him back as Dominic Dijakovic. Let's get that guy back in there and get him fucking putting people to sleep. Bobby Roode. Let's get glorious. Bobby Roode back. Upper mid-card heel. Get him back on television. Don't know what the fuck we're waiting for. Send Gable on his own. Otis, you know what I would do? I'd bring back Tucker Knight. If I'm Triple H, I'm hiring Tucker Knight back, and I'm getting Heavy Machinery back in the tag team division. That was a tag team that should have never, ever, ever been broken up. I'm not stopping there. I'm Triple H. I'm going out and getting Nash Carter. Get Nash Carter back in WWE. Get Wesley up from NXT. Put MSK on the main roster. Get them in the tag team division. The fuck is Wesley doing on NXT? He's feuding with a bunch of bums. Sunga. Give me a break. Trick Williams. Give me a break. Get this guy on the main roster. Get Nash Carter back in. Fuck cancel culture. And get MSK back on television. Two tag teams right there. Two tag teams that would absolutely add so much to the tag team division. That's my next plan of attack right there. And that's not going to be it. That's not going to be it. Triple H, he's not stopping there. He's not stopping there. Backstage discussions have already begun about enhancing 
the presentation of Tom, the presentation of Tommaso Ciampa under the new regime in WWE. This is per Fightful Select. There have been increased discussions about enhancing the presentation of Tommaso Ciampa. Obviously, Ciampa is a fan favorite of uh, of Triple H and the fans of NXT who looked at him the way I looked at him, and he is definitely going to be one of the beneficiaries to the regime of Triple H. One of the things heard to do is Champa is going to be put in more matches to showcase his ability, possibly uh, with this United States Championship match coming up, depending on if he wins or loses. There, You, you just feel like there's going to be a sense of, of rejuvenation with Tommaso Champa. There have also been discussions about him regaining his NXT theme, which absolutely needs to happen because that fucking theme, theme that they gave him right now is fucking horrendous. My God, there's no impact at all when he comes out. At least his old theme is impactful. The most impactful theme he had is when he had no theme. And he came out to the sound of booze at Full Sail University. Clearly, we're not getting that champa back. That champa will remain in my heart. But, yes, a theme song absolutely needs to be changed. This is not confirmed, though. One source noted that champa's demeanor has been great backstage, and he has worked very hard to make the most out of everything presented to him under Vince McMahon, his last few promos with The Miz on Raw Talk and on their social medias have turned a lot of heads and impressed several people backstage. Wow. Now people can be impressed and then go to management and say, hey, boss, Paul, I like this guy. Let's get him on TV. I want to creatively write for him. Instead of writing for Vince McMahon or not writing for Champa, I should say, not writing for Champa because Vince McMahon isn't a fan of Champa. And they don't write for Champa because Vince McMahon's not going to like it. Imagine. Imagine still wanting Vince McMahon back in the company. Imagine wanting Vince backstage after this week of WWE television where the writers would only write for one man and write what Vince McMahon writes. Now they have all these people to write for. Their fucking heads are probably exploding. You ain't writing for Triple H now. You're writing for me. You're writing for all of us. That's the way it should have been. No more being scared about, oh, I'm writing for this guy. Oh, I can't write for that guy. Vince McMahon's not going to like him. Fuck that. We're not living in that era anymore. That era could stay dead and buried. I'll even piss on the grave. I don't give a shit. I am so thankful that Vince McMahon is gone. Champa should be a top priority. Champa should be a top priority. Whenever that world title gets back on Monday Night Raw, Champa should be a fucking priority on Monday night. Absolutely. He's obviously going to work his way up there, but he should absolutely be the top, one of the top guys on the show. T-Bar. I mentioned T-Bar. PW Insider is reporting that there's been talk about T-Bar, formerly known as Donovan Dijakovic, or Dominic Dijak, Donovan Dijak. He's getting repackaged. This report notes that his name has been bounced around as of late. T-Bar reportedly did so well during his match at the main event taping in Madison Square Garden that fans began chanting for him. You'd have to assume that this was noticed by Triple H, who was a big supporter of Dijak in NXT. Vince McMahon basically gave up on Dijak, T-Bar, and the T-Bar character when Retribution's storyline was dropped last year. But it looks like he will be given another chance to show the fans what he can do on a weekly basis. On Twitter, he sent out the cryptic message. And I quote, I sense something 
a presence I've not felt since, dot, dot, dot. Listen, man, if Triple H can repackage Dijak and get him to where he needs to be, there's another guy who was sitting in catering, not doing anything, collecting a paycheck that Vince McMahon didn't give a shit about. Another guy you can get on this show and get in a major program. Obviously, it's going to be a little bit. You got to do the work. You got to fucking train the crowd to who he is and get the people to care about who he is. If he's good, the people will know it. And they'll let you know. There's no reason not to give somebody like that a chance. None. Imagine having somebody that talented on the roster and thinking, well, T-Bar, he was with Retribution. He sucks, so we're not going to push him. He's a failure. The gimmick was a failure. That's it for me. They don't try. There's no effort in creating new stars, which then results in what we were given. No roster depth. Same shit every fucking week. Careless and lack of vision. From management. I don't know how anybody could sit there wanting Vince to be back. I don't get it. This guy should already have been an upper mid-card guy. There was no reason to even pull him from NXT. None. He wasn't even ready then. They needed bodies. He was apparently chosen. He could say nothing about it. And he got stuck with just a string of bad luck. He was probably thanking the fucking wrestling gods that Vince McMahon was no longer in charge. Now that Triple H is in charge, we can expect to see T-Bar finally get the name change and show us what he's made of. I can't wait. Triple H has lifted bans on words after he took over creative. After McMahon resigned from the company last month, Triple H was named head of talent relations and head of creative, and several changes have been made. In the latest edition of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Dave Meltzer reported that the talent was previously told to never use the term wrestler or wrestling without receiving authorization under McMahon's leadership. Well, Roman Reigns, on Friday Night SmackDown, during his promo segment with Drew McIntyre, used the word hospital when it was also considered one of Vince McMahon's dirty words and wanted the roster to use medical facility instead. Yes, because when we're all going through a dire emergency, you call your parents up, Ma! Ma! I'm going to the medical facility! Give me a fucking break. Nobody talks like that! Then he wants to know why everybody made fun of WWE. Triple H is in charge. These dirty words are no longer considered dirty and can be used whenever. Meltzer put together a list of banned words from 2020 that Vince McMahon didn't like. Some of the terms, terms included blood, choke, belt, which you all, Cody Rhodes is going to have a fucking blast with that one. He's going to be saying belt every promo. Belt, strap, diva, headshot, trauma, kayfabe, house show, and they didn't even want you to say DQ. They did not want you to say DQ. Lame. Many of these terms are still not allowed to be used, but this may be the start of more words being allowed on air. Good. Good. Wrestler, wrestling, pro wrestling, belt, medical facility. Good. Get rid of them. People should be free to use real words that make them sound human. 
Not like a fucking robot in some alternate universe. I am going for the championship and I will send you to the medical facility. It's exactly what they sound like. Robots. Robots. I will send you to the medical facility after my pay-per-view at my premium live event. Danger. Danger. Malfunction. Give me a fucking break. WWE. They made big changes to promo segments as well. For years, WWE has scripted promos for its talent, which led to some criticism from fans and wrestlers alike, including John Moxley, who made fun of this. He believes the process didn't allow wrestlers to have their own voices as talking is a part of the art of wrestling. PW Insider reported to, uh, this week that over the last few weeks, WWE's been allowing talent to have more freedom on the microphone by letting them improvise more instead of saying word for word what was scripted for them. Wow! You mean to tell me people are now allowed to sound human? They're allowed to sound like organic, natural human beings? Oh, my goodness. Imagine if I scripted out all three hours of this fucking podcast. Could you imagine how that sounded? Could you imagine how that sounded? Unbelievable. If I scripted out everything word for word after I read these fucking news articles, yeah, I scripted out every fucking pure opinion piece that came from me. It would sound terrible. Awful. Nobody would watch me. The report also noted that at least a sizable portion of the match that Drew McIntyre and Sheamus had on the July 29 edition of SmackDown was called in the ring a change from having every spot laid out to them ahead of the match. Wow. Trusting veteran talent? Who would have thought? As previously reported, WWE is going to make small changes over the course of time instead of making changes all at one time as a way to show investors that the company is stable now that Vince McMahon is no longer in charge. You know, the promo thing should have been something that something that we've seen for a very long time. That change should have been in, implemented fucking years ago. But I get why Vince McMahon did it. Vince McMahon is a fucking selfish piece of shit. He's a micromanaging, fucking controlling piece of shit. He didn't want anybody to get over on their own because it would defy him and his brilliance and his creative genius. This is why I hated the the old regime. You got over on your own and you did something to really break out on your own and or, or, or you want to sound fucking, you know, better than everybody else. They dictated who said what, how they said it over everybody else. You can't sound better than him. We can't book a promo that's better for you than it is him. You know, everything was so political. Everything at the end of the day was fucking manufactured and put in a political bubble. And you had to be given what they thought of you. Basically, that's exactly what it is. They're not going to send somebody out there and have them do their own promos because God forbid they get over on their own and they get fucking sheared and the crowd starts taking to them. No, 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 no. That's not on our list of priorities. You can't be doing that. We got to scale you back. Then if that happens, then more than likely you'd be taken off television. They loved controlling what you got. They loved controlling the roster and they loved controlling what the fans saw or didn't see. Instead of pushing who should have been pushed and featuring who should have been featured and 
giving these guys the fucking free reign to do what they need and send the veterans out there to fucking call spots in the match so it sounds a little bit more organic. We may get a fucking move or four that are, that's pulled out and we haven't seen it before. Instead of having the same fucking producers produce the same fucking match, choreographed the same fucking way, produced the same way, structured the same way, fucking every match gets slowed down by a goddamn chin lock. It's like the same fucking mentality with how many producers they got. Every fucking match has got a rest period. Yeah, we'll just go to the fucking chin lock spot. Instead of sending these guys to go out there and create. There's no reason why you should be scripting for a Sheamus. No reason why you should be scripting for a a Randy Orton or a Seth Rollins. Not saying everybody has to get that type of treatment. That should be one of the fucking perks for somebody that works their ass off to get to that type of spot. You're not going to send Austin Theory to go out there and fucking call matches on his own or you have him go out there and cut an unscripted promo. You got to work towards that. You can't be given that. Otherwise, everybody's got to get it. But a Matt Riddle, a Seth Rollins, a Randy Orton, a Kevin Owens, an AJ Styles, a Dolph Ziggler, you guys get the point. You send them out there to go cut a promo and send them out there to go and call a match in the ring. Why was Monday Night Raw so great? Because it felt renewed. Half of those matches were probably called in the ring. Promo sounded natural and organic. Why is AEW's promo segments, some of the best segments in all of weekly pro, te- pro wrestling television? It's because they sound like a human being speaking. Why is John Moxley so good at what he does? John Moxley's the perfect example. He was cited in this report. Why is John Moxley so fucking good at what he does? It's because nobody's telling him what to say. That's a guy you can also trust in every aspect of the company. He's not going to do TK wrong. Going to go out there, cut a promo, make it sound fucking good. He knows his character better than some fucking geek writer. He's not going to say something he shouldn't be saying on national television, and he's going to go out there and have a great match. You don't put any restrictions on a guy like that. You don't put any restrictions on a guy like MJF. You don't put any restrictions on a guy like CM Punk or Christian Cage or Kenny Omega. None. AEW's promo segments are some of the best in the industry. Because they send talent out there with bullet points. This is what needs to be done. This is what should have been done. But Vince McMahon didn't want that. He hated professional wrestling and everything that came along with it. The biggest fucking aspect for somebody's success. Can they cut a promo? Can they engage with the audience? How could you engage in the audience when you got a fucking 20-something geek writing for your fucking character? It's not going to work. And how often do these talents sit down with the fucking talent that they're actually writing for? Nobody knows. This is a change that absolutely needed to happen. Triple H is expected to make more roster changes. Other former stars may be returning. We got EO. We got Dakota. We got Karrion Cross, Max Dupree. It was a report that Max Dupree left the WWE. Vince McMahon didn't want him a part of the group. We got Maxine Dupree. He got brought back. Triple H brought him back. Scarlett, Cross's wife, back. Her Fightful Select, Cross and Scarlett signings came together very quickly. The report noted that both were among the talent discussed by Triple H and higher-ups earlier this week 
about bolstering the WWE main roster. The report also noted that several other former WWE wrestlers have been discussed by Triple H and other higher-ups returns, and a feeling-out process has occurred. Some sources told them to not expect Triple H to step off the gas pedal anytime soon as he reshapes the roster to add depth. Much-needed depth. Depth that Vince McMahon clearly didn't give a shit about. And he was never going to fix. Oh, we're going to hold the draft. We're going to reshuffle the brand. The foundation of WWE will be changed forever. Right? What they usually say during these fucking drafts. And then three weeks in, we're already getting fucking rematches. Triple H has also had several meetings with talent during a busy first week at Raw and SmackDown. This is why I just said, roster changes, crosses back, Sky was brought up from NXT to Monday Night Raw, Dakota Kai back, we could see Johnny on Monday, we could see Johnny and Candice on Monday, we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. Johnny Gargano will be back in the company. That much is, that much is for certain. There's no way Johnny Gargano is not coming back to the WWE with Triple H in charge of the main roster. He will be back. Bray Wyatt, Braun Strowman, I discussed these two names at the top. Tucker, Tucker Knight of Heavy Machinery, I could see him brought back to pair with Otis. Wipe that shit away. Alpha Academy is great, but Gable's better on his own. Otis was better with Tucker. Otis is the type of guy that should really be leading a tag team. That was such a great tag team. Heavy Machinery was so underrated. Tucker was athletic. Otis was athletic. Otis was the fucking life of the party. Tucker Knight and Otis were a great fucking tag. Heavy Machinery was a great tag team. Great gimmick, good theme, good makeup. Said the same thing about Nash Carter. Bring him back. Nash Carter, bring him back. Pair him with Wesley. Get him on the main roster. You know, we talked about Cross before Cross even debuted on Friday. Or returned on Friday. Cross was definitely in the running. But like I said, this is not going to be the end. You're going to see names that you really haven't heard about in a little bit. Brought back. Who's to say that he isn't eyeing some of the free agents due to come up in AEW? We don't know who they are. We don't know when their contracts will be up. Triple H is already eyeing the independent scene as well. We could see call-ups from NXT. There's no doubt in my mind that Carmelo Hayes, as soon as he drops that North American title, Carmelo Hayes is on the way to the main roster. When there is a draft, I guarantee you when we get to the draft in October, Carmelo Hayes will be drafted from NXT. Mark my words. We may see Braun Breaker on the main roster. This main roster is going to look so different compared to what you remember it looking like under Vince McMahon. So yes, there will be a feeling out process. Yes, there will be stars that reshape the depth of the show or these shows on Monday and Friday. The women's division is going and changing day by day. They already changed the women's division. We got to start working on the tag team division. The women's division is going to be a work in process because now they added the tag team titles back. We don't know who's going to be a part of this tournament. Four teams, eight teams. Is Sasha and Naomi coming back? We don't know. We don't know. But yes, reshaping the roster, absolutely. And the names that I just mentioned, I could see some half of them, some of them, all of them coming back. Triple H is not stopping at all. Backstage news on Karrion Cross. 
This was a big pitch from the USA Network. Not in, not in regards to Cross. Cross was obviously a Triple H, you know, we got to bring this guy back. But the big pitch from USA Network is that they want a world championship on Monday Night Raw. They are tired of having their championship, the title that is supposed to be on Monday Night Raw, held on Roman Reigns, knowing that Roman Reigns never works Monday night. And I'm assuming he never works Monday night because Fox doesn't want him on the enemy show. Fox doesn't want him on NBCU. Karrion Cross, Scarlet returned. Everybody's loving this. Should never even be a situation where we're talking about this, but here we are. Cross should have never been fired, but here we are. Showed up at the end of SmackDown. He attacked Drew McIntyre. Scarlet put the hourglass of time, the sands of time, in the ring, leaving Roman Reigns to ponder what this means. Scarlet left the sands in the hourglass, falling down, indicating that Roman Reigns and his title run may be over soon. We don't know what's going to happen at Clash of the Champions, or Clash of the Castle, rather. And it could be Karrion Cross and Roman. It could be Drew McIntyre and Roman. We don't know. We don't know what's going on. Fightful is reporting that there is a specific pitch within creative that was made about Cross being inserted into the McIntyre-Reigns feud and being involved in a match for one of Reigns' world titles as opposed to both. So this is very interesting. How they go about that, I don't know. Also, it was said the USA Network wanted a top title featured on Raw more often as Reigns is rarely seen on the show since winning the WWE title from Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 38. One USA Network pitch was even made to have an interim title, though it's unknown whether this was ever seriously considered by WWE. Now, I don't want an interim title on Monday night. I don't think that would be a good thing. I think we need to come up with a solid plan to get the WWE title off of Roman Reigns. However that uh, ends up being, I don't know. We could have easily did it with Seth Rollins. Now we're talking about it with Karrion Cross. Now, there had been rumors that Cross and Scarlett Bordeaux, you know, before coming back to the WWE, there was rumors that they could show up at a Ring of Honor show, whether it was Death Before Dishonor, Supercard of Honor, before Tony Khan bought the company. However, Khan later dismissed that and noted that the couple was never booked for the show. Cross was contacted about working a match against Wardlow on Dynamite during the MJF feud leading into the Double or Nothing pay-per-view, but he passed on the offer. Since his release from WWE last year, in November, he was working for New Japan Pro Wrestling and MLW. Now, while under NXT influence, under Triple H's guidance, Cross was booked as a top star, quickly got over with the fans because of his intimidating presence, Scarlet, the entrance, the ambiance, and everything. And he did that. The fucked up thing is, you know, everybody gave Cross a hard time and unjustifiable in that criticism, Cross did that all in the pandemic. Cross never had that entrance in front of a live audience. He never really had that entrance in front of a live audience. So here we are now, Cross back in the WWE, Triple H leading the main roster. His boss is once again Triple H, who 
gave him basically everything under the sun to be a top-tier guy in this company, and now he's back in front of a full-fledged audience on a weekly television show on Friday night. I can only imagine how excited he's going to be. That's what people tend to forget. Cross did all of this in the middle of a fucking pandemic. He had no opportunity to show what he could do in front of a live audience. The only time they put him in front of a live audience is when they wanted to fucking dress him like Super Shredder and act him, act, and act him as a, a Ninja Turtle fucking uh, villain. Ridiculous one of that. I was expecting them to have cosplays of Bebop and Rocksteady come out side by side with Cross. Maybe send April O'Neil out there to fucking interview him. Ridiculous. Put this guy in a mask, put him in suspenders, give him a fucking gladiator outfit. This guy didn't need to be a fucking gladiator. He emitted a gladiator presence in intensity. I don't get why they felt they needed to change it. I do get it, but I don't get it. So Cross getting a second chance is great. Vince McMahon repackaged him. He didn't get over. He was an embarrassment, and they released him. He didn't get the shit over that Vince McMahon gave him. I wonder why. Because it was shit. It was garbage. They didn't think so. Cross knew so. Imagine how hurt he felt. Imagine what that man was thinking going home, laying in the hotel room with his wife next to him. Honey, I don't know what the fuck is going on. The fuck did they put me in? Do you have any idea? I don't know, honey. They didn't even put me on TV. They gave me a dark match. I got injured, and that was it for me. I don't know. That was Cross and Scarlett on the main roster. Now, about this USA Network wanting a world title on Monday Night Raw. I'm glad we're talking about this now because this is something that's long overdue. This needs to change. How we get there, I don't know. Normally, I'm good at this. I booked this with Seth Rollins. We shouldn't even be talking about this shit. We shouldn't even be talking about Cross. None of this should even be a fucking problem. We shouldn't even be talking about Roman Reigns holding both world championships. He did nothing with the WWE title. In fact, the WWE title is fucking losing value day by day. Roman Reigns holds it. Seth Rollins should have won money in the bank. Should have won money in the bank. No doubt about it. Seth Rollins should be Mr. Money in the Bank. Seth Rollins and his character. It would have been in the realm of his character to say, you know what? I'm showing up on SmackDown. I got a very important message for Roman Reigns. This is what I'm going to do with my Money in the Bank briefcase. And he challenges Roman Reigns at SummerSlam. Just challenges Roman Reigns straight up at SummerSlam. Or if you wanted to do Lesnar and Reigns, whatever. Cash in. Cash in on one title. Whether you want to do one-on-one or Lesnar and Reigns and then have him cash in. Whatever it would have been. The briefcase should have been used by Seth Rollins. And Seth, I could fucking visibly see this being said by Seth Rollins. All you ha- And Drew McIntyre's made a mention of it. We need to take the part-time champion down. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to SmackDown. Roman Reigns is holding our title hostage. I want to bring the WWE title back to Monday Night Raw. Where is our world champion? He's over on Friday night. I need to put a stop to this. So he either challenges Roman for the WWE title, or he makes it known in the match with Lesnar and Reigns 
I'm cashing in on the WWE title only. And he pins Roman Reigns or Brock Lesnar or whomever and takes the WWE title back to Monday Night Raw. That's what I would have done. So at least we get the WWE title back on Monday Night Raw and we have something for those top guys to fight over on Monday night. Now we're talking about the same thing with Cross. How are we going to get Cross to challenge for one championship when Roman Reigns is holding two and they act as if it's a unified title, even though it's not? If it was a unified title, he'd have one title. But he's carrying around both. How are we going to get Cross to challenge Reigns for one title and ultimately take that title back to Monday Night Raw? I don't know. Because right now we got Drew McIntyre, and it's already announced. We got Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns in the main event of Clash of the Castle. I have no idea. Unless Cross threatens Austin Theory and he wins the briefcase from Austin Theory and they do it that way. I, I don't know how we get Cross justifying to come on in and wanting to take the WWE title from Roman Reigns. He'd have to inevitably lose one title, leaving Reigns with that title, and then Cross challenging Reigns for that championship. How are we going to justify carrying Cross showing up on Friday night in a return, eyeing Roman Reigns already when he's done nothing to even warrant a championship match? That's what needs to be discussed logically. But he's going to be inserted in this, and this is the going plan right now. The other plan was an interim championship. I wouldn't do that. I think that's a tired concept that we've seen over and over and over again with Tony Khan. We don't need interim world champion on AEW, and we don't need interim WWE champion on Monday Night Raw. It might not actually look that bad if you want to go that route. But then what do you do? That's only eventually going to lead to confusion. Because no matter who the champion is coming out of this McIntyre-Reigns match, they're going to hold two championships. Then what do you do with the interim championship? You're going to have the interim champion, the interim WWE champion challenge the undisputed WWE World Heavyweight Champion. What do you do with that? That's just going to lead to more confusion, so I say no. Let's, let's pass on the interim championship idea. I think that's ridiculous. It doesn't fit into the current landscape of WWE. But how do we get Cross and Reigns? Do we get Cross and Reigns? Does Cross come out and say what I just said about Seth Rollins? Listen, you're a part-time guy. I want the WWE title. I'm taking down the Tribal Chief. You want to put your fucking world titles on the line against McIntyre at Clash of the Castle? Fine, but I also want a piece of you. Let's do this in the open and give me a shot at the WWE title. They got to make it about the WWE title. That's the problem. How do we get it to be about the WWE title only? Are they going to come out and say, part-time champion taking the title away from Monday night? Is Cross going to show up on Friday claiming that he's a part of the Raw roster? He fits pretty good on SmackDown. I don't know. I think bolstering SmackDown should be a top priority for, for Triple H, to be quite honest with you. So that's going to be the problem there. How we make it about the WWE title and how we get one title off of Roman when they've done nothing but make it about both. This is why I would have done this earlier with Seth Rollins. It, it would have made sense for Rollins to win money in the bank or Riddle to win money in the bank. One or the other. One or the other. Because there was, there was an opportunity for Riddle to win money in the bank. And I don't want to hear, oh, oh, Riddle couldn't challenge Roman Reigns for the WWE Championship 
because uh, the last match that they had, it was stated when he lost, he couldn't challenge for the WWE Universal Championship, Heavyweight Championship, as long as Roman Reigns is champion. Good. Yes, we'd still be adhering to those rules. He's Mr. Money in the Bank, and he won a contract. He's got a guaranteed opportunity at any fucking title he wants. Could have did that same thing with Roman Reigns and Matt Riddle as well. So Matt Riddle and Rollins absolutely had equal, equal great ideas to win Money in the Bank. But they didn't go and do it. That should have been their major priority. Their major priority is getting that WWE title off of Roman Reigns and back on Monday night, and they didn't do it. And now we're looking at even more of a confusing situation with carrying crossback. If you guys have any ideas, I would, uh, I'd love to hear it. Because right now I'm drawing blanks. Sasha Banks and Naomi. Sasha Banks was indeed at the C2E2 in Chicago. Ridiculous as it may have looked. I'm hearing conflicting reports about the distance between Sasha Banks and people who paid to get a picture taken with her. Now, I don't know what this was. I don't know if this was a Sasha Banks requested thing. I don't know if this was a Comic-Con convention thing. I saw some people fucking feet away from Sasha Banks that looked ridiculous. I saw Sasha Banks hugging somebody in a picture. I don't know what the fucking deal was. If I'm Sasha Banks, I don't want to hug or be around sweaty fucking gross slobs either. So maybe it was a Sasha Banks thing. You never know with these fucking people, man. These fucking people thinking they're paying $150 to get a uh, picture with you. They feel like they could grab you anywhere. Grab you and hold you tight. Maybe Sasha feels a little bit more comfortable with the females. I don't know. But some of those pictures look ridiculous. Karrion Cross will cost Drew the title match. I don't know. I don't know how we get... I mean, it still doesn't answer the question, bro. It doesn't answer the question about how we get the WWE title off of Roman Reigns. But Sasha Banks, man, the pictures from the C2E2 look ridiculous. But the latest on Sasha Banks and Naomi and returning to the WWE, Meltzer and Alvarez talked about this on The Observer. And WrestlingNews.co reported this, that Naomi and Banks reached an agreement to return to WWE... And Brian Alvarez confirmed the wrestling on, on the Wrestling Observer Live that he heard the same thing from a source. He says, and I quote, I am not 100% confirming this, but since everybody's asking about it, I do have one source who is saying, yes, Sasha Banks and Naomi have made a deal to return. So we'll know more, I'm sure, when it, comes, when it, when it becomes available. But I'll just say I think it's true. I'm pretty sure, but I can't say 100%. Now, WrestlingNews.co said that the Banks and Naomi return is indeed imminent. So, I'm here to tell you that I do think that they're back. I said this about Punk when he showed up in AEW. Oh, how do you know? How do you know? I had people reaching out to my Instagram. How could you go out there and speak falsities like that? You're just speaking lies. You don't know anything. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. CM Punk showed up, and CM Punk, I knew, was signed with the WWE months before it happened. Same thing with Brian Danielson. Every report that came out, I believed Danielson was signed, sealed, and delivered. 
Sasha Banks and Naomi are going to tell you the same thing. Sasha Banks and Naomi will be back in the WWE. We may see them as early as Friday on SmackDown. We may see them on Monday. No better way to kick off a women's tag team tournament than with the old former champions, right? I don't know what Triple H has in store, but this could absolutely be. Now, you know, I could take it as something possibly going to happen. Or it could be nothing. I tweeted that Monday's Raw, with the beginning of this women's tag team title tournament, this could be the opportunity we see Sasha Banks and Naomi return to the WWE A former WWE employee liked my tweet on Friday when I tweeted about this women's tag team tournament announcement. Road Dog liked my tweet and liked my tweet about Sasha Banks and Naomi possibly returning during this tournament. Why would he like that if it wasn't true? Maybe he wants the same thing as we all do. Or maybe he knows something that isn't readily available out there and he's trying to tell us all something by liking my tweet. I don't know. But I don't need Road Dog to like my tweets, even though I appreciate Road Dog. I think Sasha Banks and Naomi are coming back to the WWE, and it's going to be during this tournament. That's what I think. Who Triple H gets for this tournament? I don't know. Trish and Lita, the Bellas. We could be seeing, we could be seeing Triple H dip into the Legends pool for this tournament because there really isn't much going right right now as far as women's tag team division. We could see Toxic Attraction brought up. We could see some NXT teams get some spotlight on the main roster to give them a test run. I don't know. Now, I know Shayna Baszler was getting a women's championship match against Liv Morgan. I even pitched Shayna and Ronda being a tag team, which I do think uh, I do think will end up being the case at some point. I do think it's time to pair Shayna and Ronda if this is Ronda's last hoorah in the WWE. I would love them to win the tournament. I really would. But I don't see that happening if Shayna is getting a world championship match against Liv Morgan. But I do think Sasha Banks and Naomi are coming back to the WWE, and I am pretty, pretty, pretty confident in that. But no other news is available. I've seen people say, oh, Sasha Banks tweeted and broke her silence. I'd be the first person to go live or give you an update on an extra or something if I thought it was pertinent information. That's what the news is. She finally tweeted about herself. And then she deleted the tweet. Promoting the C2E2 shit. She was in some celebrity football game and she deleted the tweet about that too. Well, she got pulled from the game. This is what people are making out to be news. This is not news. I need some solid information about it. Her leaving a fucking football game, a celebrity football game, or doing something with the NFL training camp, I believe it was the LA Rams possibly, or... Deleting a tweet about C2E2. I'm going to need more solid information about that. That's nothing. That's uh, that's the shit that gets fucking wrestle geeks excited. And they got to put out six videos in regards to that story. Give me a break. Tony Khan. I mentioned Tony Khan here because Tony Khan this week says he's concerned now more than ever about a WWE... AEW jumping ship, meaning AEW stars jumping to WWE. He spoke to Sports Grid. Tony Khan discussed the recent changes in WWE now that Vince McMahon has resigned. And Stephanie McMahon and Nick Khan, CEOs, co-CEOs, and Triple H is now head of WWE's talent relations and creator. Khan stated it's going to change the competition, and he thinks it's a good thing, but knows AEW has a big fan base. 
Although new people are taking over Vince's position, he doesn't think it will be a bad thing for wrestling fans. And no, it's not. We got a good Raw, a decent SmackDown, and a great Dynamite. This is the first week I can honestly say we got a great week of pro wrestling with all three shows. Khan also discussed how the changes benefit wrestlers, giving them more leverage to negotiate between the two companies. Yeah, I think that's always been a concern, says Tony Khan, but now probably more so than ever, I imagine that great wrestlers are going to be in demand. Again, I think this is probably going to be good for the wrestling fans because that's one of the most exciting things about pro wrestling is free agency. Tony Khan also went on to say it's one of those things that is missing from the business for almost two years, or two decades rather, since WCW closed down. He called it one of the worst things to ever happen in pro wrestling with WCW closing down. I don't know how many times I could say this, and we talked about this on Wednesday with my partner Jesse on the Dynamite Post Show. This is only going to benefit us. I don't know. People are now making this into a war more so now than it was when Vince was in charge. Well, because we all trust Triple H. We got people automatically jumping ship from AEW to WWE. It's not going to be the case. Tony Khan even came out and said, no, you're not getting this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. They're all locked down. Tony Khan has locked down several talents knowing that he's going to need a core base of talent to continue building his company around especially going into the next round of TV rights deals and negotiations. He's going to need something to present to Time Warner and Warner Media about AEW. And he's got those pieces locked in place. But as far as people jumping ship, this is what happens. There's a free agency in every sport. Top players go to other teams. They ask for more money. They don't get the money that they desire from their home team. They go somewhere else and get A bigger payday, and they go get the bigger payday. We see it all the time. It should be no surprise to see it in pro wrestling. People are creatively frustrated, just as people may not want to play for the city and the team that they're in. Or they're on. You may want to go play somewhere else. East Coast players may want to jump ship to the West Coast. West Coast players may want to jump ship to the East Coast. It doesn't matter. We see it all the time. So to see WWE talent jump to AEW and AEW talent jump to WWE, it's going to be fierce. At the end of the day, we win. Because we have shit to talk about. Our podcasts are full and plenty, right? Monday night's going to be a good show. Friday night's going to be a good show. We trust Triple H in his revamp and in, in his vision to work WWE the way that it should. Tony Khan, by default, knows exactly what he's getting himself into now. This isn't Vince McMahon skimping every week. This isn't Vince McMahon careless and effortless. Tony Khan's going to have to put his best best foot forward. You don't think that man takes great pride in knowing that Dynamite is the number one show on pro wrestling TV? What if Dynamite slips to the number two best show in the eyes of the fans and Monday Night Raw starts being the best show? You think Tony Khan's going to take that without putting up a fight? You think Tony Khan's going to sit there and be like, ah, you know what, I like being number two. No. He's already showed you what he's capable of, even before Triple H took over. And now, the last two weeks have been very good. Dynamite starting to feel like Dynamite again after a little fucking low period where nothing was going on. Nothing was exciting. Everything felt rushed and 
kind of just thrown on top of you at one time. Dynamite's been more focused. Dynamite has been slowed down. Dynamite's had some great wrestling. We're getting some storyline progression. We're going into the Quake by the Lake. We're going into All Out. We're going into Grand Slam. He's going to produce some good television, and he's going to produce some good television, not because he always produces good television, eight times out of ten, but he's also now going to produce good television because the competition with Triple H is heating up, and he knows exactly what us, the fans, think of Triple H and what we loved about NXT and what we all are excited about when it comes to WWE. Tony Khan is going to look at that and say, you know what? People are going to overlook me. They don't think I could do a good job. He's, he's got so many fucking minds in AEW. That is, it is, an, it is fucking incapable of him putting on a bad show. Tony Khan is now more apt to round up the troops and say, you know what, guys? Let's get our fucking, let's get our offensive line lined up and fucking going for the kill. Seriously. That's exactly what he is doing and going to do. We win. So jumping ship from AEW to WWE or WWE to AEW is great. Great. I want people to be happy. I want them to make the most money they can. It freshens up the sh- it freshens up the show. AEW guys on WWE television, great. We were living in a day and age where if this ever happened under the Vince McMahon era, it may not even be a fucking thing. If they took an AEW guy, it would be. Oh man, I don't know if they're gonna. I don't know if they're gonna be able to find success over there with Vince and Bruce. Now maybe a Darby jump ship or a MJF jump ship, or we see somebody else that may want to. A Wardlow or a Jade Cargill, right? When their contracts are up, it's going to be a fight. Tony Khan's not going to let them go without putting up a fight. But it's all about creativity. It's all about creative freedom. It's all about the paycheck. AEW guys on WWE TV now would be a little bit more accepting because I think we all trust Triple H to do the right thing. And you know he's already eyeing. He's, He's already eyeing talent over there. There's no doubt in my mind. There's no doubt in my mind that this guy probably watches dark. Oh, man, I want him. Let's get him on the phone. Does does this person have a contract? Does she have a contract? We could be seeing him already put wheels in motion for that. So, yes, Tony Khan is concerned. He's concerned now more than ever about AEW stars jumping ship. Because Triple H is there, and now not only do they have the financial backing, but now they have the creative so, yes, Tony Khan's going to have to step up his game, and I do, I do believe he will. He's going to have to. Triple H. Triple H told WWE Screw that things will be done in a new way. Pro wrestling instead of sports entertainment, and this is according to Jerry Jarrett. This took me by surprise to see this news article. Now, we're all expecting major changes in WWE. And during the gathering in Charlotte, North Carolina, promoter Jerry Jarrett, the father of Jeff Jarrett, J-E-double-F. You guys know the deal. Was asked what he thinks will change in WWE now with Triple H running the creative side of things. Jarrett shared some news that he likely heard from someone who works in WWE. Jarrett said the following, and I quote, They didn't tell me not to tell anybody, so I'll tell you. Hunter called this week. The Raw crew and SmackDown crew said, My father-in-law and Stephanie's father, we admire him. 
and we respect him. He reached success that we would never know without him. But we don't know how to do it his way. And we're not going to try. We're going to try a new way. And I think the new way is to put wrestling instead of sports entertainment. I mean, that's pure speculation on my part, says Jerry Jarrett. I mean, I could see it. I could feel it already. We didn't really get anything sports entertainment-esque on Monday or Friday. So this may be the way Triple H approaches things in the new era of WWE. But I like that line. We don't know how to do it his way. I don't think anybody wants to do it his way. His way was fucking lame. And it was old-fashioned. It was passe. It was antiquated. Nobody wants to do it that way. So they're not going to try. We know what I know, and that is pro wrestling. They did it in NXT, and they're going to do it on the main roster. You got to understand Triple H is an old soul. Look at who this man was trained by. I mean, that's all you have to do. Go and deep dive and look at Triple H's upbringing in the pro wrestling industry. Look at who he admired and who he was trained by. You mean to tell me this guy wants to do sports entertainment? I don't think so. It's what made NXT so successful and so sought after. Everybody wanted to win. Or everybody wanted to be a part of NXT. Everybody. Inside and out. So WWE has already begun to change their weekly programming. As it was clear this week, if you watched Monday and Friday. And the report card of Triple H. By the way, Killer Kowalski and Harley Race. Those are the people that, you know, Triple H admired. He was trained by Killer Kowalski. He was a big admirer of Harley Race. One of the greatest pro wrestling heels of all time was Harley Race, right? So Jerry Jarrett said this, and this is the first time that I heard about this this weekend. And these are exciting times. So Triple H's report card. What would you guys rate Triple H this week on a report card? From A to F. F obviously being the worst and A being the top grade for the class. If I'm grading Triple H, I'm giving him a solid B+. SmackDown could have been a lot better, but SmackDown is a Vince McMahon problem. SmackDown was so fucking malnourished that Triple H, I don't think he's going to be able to fix SmackDown in one sitting. So SmackDown felt largely the same with some minor changes. It's because Triple H inherited a mess, a chaotic one at that, from Vince McMahon. Monday Night Raw, Monday Night Raw felt focused. Monday Night Raw felt like it had a plan of attack. Monday Night Raw felt like it was a train on the tracks that did not take a detour. They knew where they needed to go. They had a destination in mind, and that's where they went. NXT, I don't know if it's fair of me to lump NXT into this report card because there were no changes on NXT. I'm saying B+. Now, if everybody's saying, oh, JD's positive, JD's too positive, I don't know if I could take this positive JD. I've had the biggest growth in my channel's history this month with Triple H taking over. Numbers are up to the best they've ever been. Oh, JD's too positive. You complained when I was negative, and now you're complaining I'm too positive. I can't be sitting here listening to this shit, man. It's either one or the other. 
You want me to be negative or you want me to be positive? Which one do you want? I don't get it. I've heard less from the haters about me hating on the product. Now they're complaining I'm too positive. Oh, JD's a bandwagon fan. I even got some of those comments bleeding into the fucking Twitter feed. Really? A bandwagon fan? Give me a fucking break. I've been watching this shit longer than most of you have been alive. I've called for Triple H taking over since the first day I seen NXT take off. You fucking kidding me? I asked for this day more so than anybody else in the entire community, but I'm being too positive. Good. It's about time we all share in the positivity about WWE programming. We all want to be happy about what we watch. None of us want to be negative, believe it or not. None of us. So that excuse is not going to be valid anymore. I'm going to have to ask you to get the fuck out. JD's too positive. Not going to work around these parts. You complained I was negative. Now I'm too fucking positive. Fuck off and suck my dick. What changed? I had people telling me, oh, there's no change. JD's a Papa H dick rider. How could I be a Tony Khan dick rider and a Papa H dick rider in the same week? It's physically impossible. Seriously. I can't be a Tony Khan shill and a Triple H shill. One or the other. Which one is it? What changed? That's why I'm here. NXT history. The history of NXT was brought up on multiple occasions this week. Multiple occasions. Tommaso Ciampa, he was called one of the best NXT champions of all time. Former NXT champion. Two-time. Then we got Shayna Baszler, former NXT women's champion. Ludwig Kaiser, former NXT tag team champion. Three weeks ago when Vince McMahon was in charge, NXT was one of the banned words. Their prior history on NXT was never mentioned, would never be mentioned. It got mentioned in three different occasions on this week's television. And I love it because where the fuck did these people come from? So long we've been operating as NXT is just, oh my God, where the fuck is NXT? It happened on planet fucking Zupton. You fucking kidding me? NXT was a WWE brand. Where the fuck did these guys come from? What were their accolades before they made the main roster? NXT Tag Team Champion, NXT Women's Champion, NXT World Champion. So their prior accolades were mentioned on television. Great. Wow, man, bringing importance to what they did previously. Who would have thought? Championships were cited on television by commentary. Like I said three weeks ago when Vince is in charge... None of this is even a talking point tonight. Focus on the United States title with a video package based on its history. Monday Night Raw doesn't have a world champion. Bobby Lashley is as big as a fucking brick house, and he could be a guy that leads the brand with a secondary championship. Being that the world championship doesn't show up on the show, and Roman Reigns refuses to work Monday nights. All they did was put together a video package highlighting all the great superstars that held the United States Championship brought prestige to the United States Championship. Triple H, in one video package, brought more spotlight to the United States title than Vince McMahon did in 10 fucking years. 10 years. He made it the focus of the show. 
Two triple threat matches. The winners of those triple threat matches face off in a one-on-one match. And the United States Championship match happens the following week. The United States title was given three matches on Monday night. And we're getting the title match on Monday with Champ and Bobby Lashley. When was the last time Vince McMahon did anything along those lines with the United States or Intercontinental title? As soon as Triple H got to SmackDown, there was immediate Intercontinental Championship focus. Gunther versus Shinsuke. Title match with Gunther next week. If not, more beat Kaiser. Which he did. Second week in. Intercontinental title getting a match on SmackDown. And if you don't think that those guys are getting 15 plus minutes, I don't think you know Triple H all that well. Love it. It was more relaxed when it came to promos for talent that have seniority. Drew McIntyre, Sheamus, Roman Reigns, no matter who it is, they're getting more relaxed when it comes to promos, more relaxed when it comes to the veterans getting the in-ring down, sending them out there to go and call a match in the ring and have it feel a little bit more organic, have it feel a little bit more natural. Commentary seems more natural. Seems like they're having fun on commentary. Michael Cole had one of his best moments on the main roster in all 25 years. How long has he been at 20 years on commentary? Had one of the best moments of his career, calling that Lesnar and Reigns last man standing match. Corey Graves and the banter between him and Michael Cole were great. Corey Graves has been great no, no matter what to me. I'm a big Graves mark. But the lax feeling of Corey Graves sitting there with Michael Cole at SummerSlam was great. It was awesome. Pat McAfee on SmackDown, fucking dancing on the tables. He does it every week, but this guy's throwing footballs back with Ricochet in the ring. He's kicking footballs into the fucking crowd. Fun! One of the things Triple H wanted to bring to the table was fun. He's allowing them to have fun. I don't think we see that with Vince McMahon in charge. Piped-in crowd noise. Piped-in crowd noise seems to have disappeared this week, giving the shows a more genuine feel. How ridiculous would it have looked on Monday Night Raw in Houston? That crowd was dead. How ridiculous would it have looked if Kevin Dunn piped in fucking crowd noise and you heard fucking what sounded to be fucking Madison Square Garden on a hot night inside that fucking Monday Night Raw arena in Houston? Crowd sitting down, you know, sitting there like a bunch of fucking hillbilly geeks, contemplating what they're going to do in the 110 degree fucking Texas heat, right? You're watching Monday Night Raw with Triple H in charge. I'm going to need you to make some fucking noise. Sat there in silence for most of the show. They came alive for Edge. They came alive for AJ Styles or whatever the fuck else went on. Whatever the case may be. But there was no piped in crowd noise. It would look ridiculous if there was. But this is what needs to be. The WWE fans, unfortunately, need to be reconditioned. They need to relearn. They got to go back to fucking pre-K. To get excited about what you're going to be watching on WWE television. For decades, you've been forced to eat the Vince McMahon dog shit. This sports entertainment crap. When Triple H conditions you over weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, you, you'll soon realize that you'll 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 get excited about pro wrestling. So they need to be reconditioned on getting excited about 
professional wrestling and long-term booking again. SmackDown, they were excited from South Carolina. I didn't hear any piped-in crowd noise. I'd be the first to tell you if there was piped-in crowd noise. We got none on Monday and Friday. It's a lot better to hear an organic wrestling crowd than a fake one. Monday Night Raw had almost 80 minutes of pro wrestling on Monday compared to 40 or 50 we got under Vince McMahon. Change. Change. 80 minutes of wrestling on Monday Night Raw. Sometimes we watch SmackDown, and in one hour of Rampage, we get more hours of wrestling or more minutes of wrestling on Rampage than we do all of two hours of SmackDown. Two minutes here, two minutes there, six minutes. Two minutes, two minutes, 90 seconds. The fuck are you producing? And they just let it happen because Vince McMahon said so. Bianca Belair and Io Shirai got 19 minutes on Monday Night Raw. If this was Vince McMahon, they wouldn't even get fucking half that. Six, seven minutes, if that, tops. Ridiculous. Focus on talent being miscast, like Tommaso Ciampa, Ricochet, Shayna Baszler, T-Bar, right? And I'm, I'm sure more to come. There's, there's something in there brewing. Triple H can easily write how to get Butch out of this creative, let me at him, let me at him, Scoob! Got to do something. There's got to be something in there to get Butch back to Pete Miscast. That's what I call a miscast star. I just talked about T-Bar. Dominic Dijakovic. Mustafa Ali, Shinsuke Nakamura. No 24-7 title. Chad Gable. Miscast stars are getting treatment. And they're using this time to build up these people who should have been built up already. To create new stars. Stars that they had in their possession, but didn't do anything with. Video packages on current stars. Telling you that there are plans in the pipeline. One of the guys that sticks out to me, and I got news on him in a little bit, is Kevin Owens. Video packages at SummerSlam. We saw video packages on Rollins and Reigns and Charlotte and Kevin Owens, right? So Kevin Owens is the one that stuck out to me because... Triple H wants you to know, listen, Kevin Owens is here. Kevin Owens is coming. I want you to know who Kevin Owens is and how how important Kevin Owens is. And he's going to have plans on Monday night, undoubtedly, because he's a Triple H guy. So I love that. And you could possibly end up seeing that for all future stars who get called up to the main roster. When we talked about video packages and how important they are, I always cite the Attitude Era. I always cite Val Venus. Now, Val Venus had a porn star gimmick that would never get over in WWE today because it'd be canceled in fucking 10 seconds. I thought it was great. But there was four weeks of vignettes, and when he finally made his debut, it came out, he was fucking one of the top guys there, just based on the reaction he got. That's what needs to be, and that's something that needs to be implemented in WWE. When Carmelo Hayes gets called up to the main roster, when a Braun Breaker gets called up to the main roster, I want you to pull them off NXT TV for about a month. I want to see video packages hyping them up on what brand they're going to go to. Raw or SmackDown. I want four weeks of vignettes at least for Braun Breaker. Who he is. Why we should care. I want to see some of his college football highlights. I want to see some of his NXT highlights and the carnage that Braun Breaker can bring to the main roster. I even want to see him call out a couple of top names. Gunning for somebody. Same thing with Hayes. Needs to be. What, what is old is new. And that's something 
from the old school that I never knew or never understood why they got away from that or moved away from that. Started to bring back former talent that should have been major stars but weren't because of Vince McMahon. Cross. Karrion Cross, Dakota Kai, EO Shirai, now EO Sky. Could have walked out of the company, EO Sky. She wanted to be on the main roster. Thank God Triple H took over, or she'd be back in Japan. Dakota Kai was fired in April. Yes, she asked for her release. Yes, she was someone that went to management and said, I'm not going to resign my contract. They let her go. She got fired. They brought her back. As soon as Vince McMahon was gone, yeah, I'm bringing back Dakota Kai. Dakota Kai was a statement piece. Dakota Kai and EO were definitely a statement piece. Cross was a statement piece. We should have never gotten to the point where we're talking about, yeah, uh, Triple H is in charge. We're going to bring back Cross. We should have never gotten to the point where we were saying, yeah, Cross should be back in the WWE. Cross should have never been fired from the WWE. Never. Dakota Kai shouldn't have been fired. Io Shirai should have been on the main roster two years before she made her fucking main roster debut at SummerSlam. Johnny Gargano should have never been allowed to walk away. Even though he did go and have a child with Candice, he should have never been a free agent, able to go wherever he wanted. So yes, this is not the only name, or these are not the only names that Triple H is bringing back. I mentioned a fuck ton of names. Names that make sense. Names that will help aid divisions that need attention. He brought back the women's tag team titles. Triple H would not have brought... Let me tell you something. Triple H would have never brought back the women's tag team titles if he didn't have a vision for it. Never. If Triple H is bringing the tag team titles back now, yeah, people are going to look at it as a statement. People are going to correlate it with Sasha and Naomi coming back. If Triple H is bringing back the tag team titles now, and I will say this, I'm not sucking the guy's dick, okay? I'm not on the the Papa H train with this one. I I still don't find any value in the women's tag team titles. If I'm Triple H, I'm burning the fucking titles. We don't need women's tag team titles. We don't need them in NXT. We don't need them on the main roster. I am against the women's tag team titles. But I will say that if Triple H is bringing them back, he's got a plan for it. And if he's bringing them back this soon, he has a plan for it. Otherwise, he wouldn't be on television. It's probably the fucking first thing that he was thinking about. How can we get these tag team titles back on WWE? He probably sat up in the wee hours of the morning while Stephanie was fucking snoring in bed, contemplating and coming up with plans about how to bring the women's tag team titles back. Probably going back and forth with Sasha Banks on Instagram. You ready to come back? I got this plan. Let's talk about it. Overnight, fixed the Raw Women's Division with the introduction of EO Sky, Dakota Kai, and Bailey. Overnight, the Raw Women's Division under Vince McMahon's leadership was a fucking disaster. Right after SummerSlam, this was before Becky Lynch got hurt, EO Shirai, Dakota Kai, Bailey, that's three, Becky Lynch, and Bianca Belair. Look at the five women that were in that ring during that segment. And Alexa Bliss, Asuka, Rhea Ripley. Look at that division. That's eight women. Eight women. Then you got Doe Drop. I wish we get Piper Niven back. Nikki Cross, right? We need her back. Triple H wants to rework those two. The division could be fucking great. But look at the eight 
Look at the eighth that I talked about. That is a fucking absolute beast division. You're not going to find that type of division on a Vince McMahon show. Never. And he's not done. SmackDown needs more love than Monday Night Raw does, but I'm confident that he's going to, when the draft happens, I'm confident that he's going to level things out because Monday Night Raw's women's division are looking a little too heavy-handed over SmackDown. Those are the things that Triple H changed. That is your Triple H report card. If you guys have any other things that you noticed that you felt were different or you felt Triple H changed that I might have missed, you let me know in the live stream chat and you let me know in the comment section. That is a great first week for Triple H and WWE. If you're not excited about any of this shit, get the fuck out. Love it. Let's check the chat, guys. I appreciate you hanging out with me. We are uh, rolling right along here, man. We're rolling right along here. We got 3,100 in the venue. Oh, my goodness. 13 new members. Holy shit. We blew away the minimum. You know what the new minimum now is, right? 2,000 minimum. So hit that thumbs up. If you guys have not, hit the thumbs up. Hit that subscribe button down below and turn on the bell for all notifications. Tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Monk Pack. The link is pinned in the comments section. You're going to hit that link and use code SCRIPTS at checkout for 20% off your first order. This episode of Off the Script is brought to you by Monk Pack. Monk Pack offers low-sugar, keto-friendly bars, which are plant-based, gluten-free, and non-GMO. They are the perfect snack for anyone who's trying to eat better or cut back on sugar and carbs without sacrificing the taste. Monk Pack Keto Granola Bars and Nut and Seed Bars contain one gram of sugar or less, two to three grams of net carbs, and each bar contains 100 and 50%, uh, 150 calories or less. So, I have one every morning. And I've been having one every morning for the last two weeks. I love it. And I don't really have breakfast in the morning. And when I need a, a to-go snack, whether I'm going out food shopping or I need to record an off-the-script extra in the afternoon, I need some energy to get myself going, Monk Pack has got me covered, man. My favorite... Sea salt, dark chocolate. I'm a big dark chocolate guy, and they got me covered with that one. Other flavors include cocoa chip and caramel sea salt. Coconut cocoa chip, I'm sorry. Coconut cocoa chip and caramel sea salt. They're perfect for a quick breakfast, a snack in between videos, or as a guilt-free, decadent dessert. By shopping online, you can always have your snack drawer stocked and have Monk Pack delivered right to your door. Love it. Get 20% off your first purchase of any Monk Pack product by visiting MonkPack.com or use the, the link that I provided in the live stream chat and link down below in the, in the description. So click that link, code script at checkout, 20% off. And I want to thank Monk Pack for sponsoring the show tonight right here on OTS. Let's get into the weekly news and rumors, ladies and gentlemen. We got a little bit more to go on this major episode of Off the Script. 
Ronda Rousey was suspended on Friday Night SmackDown. That was the big story on SmackDown, the absence of Ronda Rousey. WWE found a new challenger for Liv Morgan at Clash of the Castle, not named Ronda Rousey or Charlotte Flair, which took a lot of people by surprise. WWE booked a rematch between Ronda and Liv Morgan at SummerSlam. Morgan won the title in in July at Money in the Bank, pinned Ronda again in a fuck finish. The match ended in controversial fashion when Ronda tapped out uh, Morgan seconds before the referee counted three as Rousey's shoulders were pinned to the mat. So Morgan tapped out in the armbar, but the referee didn't see her tap out and opted to count Ronda Rousey's shoulders down for the mat instead. The referee gave Morgan the win, which led to Rousey turning heel by attacking Morgan and the referee after the match. WWE has announced a storyline suspension for Ronda Rousey following her attack on referee Dan Engler at SummerSlam. Dave Melcher did note that Rousey is booked for Clash of the Castle on September 3rd. She's not going to be out that long. She's booked on the Cardiff show, so she's going to be unsuspended at least before. I don't know when she comes back. She'll be out for I don't know how long, but it's not going to be a month. Put it that way because she's got to be back for the pay-per-view. I do think she helps Liv Morgan lose the match, or I should say help uh, Shayna Baszler win the match, or aids in... Liv Morgan losing the match. And I think Shayna Baszler is going to become the new SmackDown Women's Champion. I do. I think that's the right way to go. Speaking of Liv Morgan, fans turned on Liv Morgan on SmackDown, which was hilarious to see. SmackDown and Liv Morgan, man. Let's talk about that. Morgan talked about retaining her title during her match with Ronda Rousey at SummerSlam on SmackDown in a promo segment with Kayla Braxton. But fans seemed to turn against her. There were audible boos heard during the segment. So this is a complete 180 from the reactions that she was getting throughout most of the year leading up to her big title win. Some of the criticism online in recent days from fans is that Morgan hasn't been booked like a true champion. And instead, she's been made to look like someone who barely has luck and barely should have the title because she hasn't been given decisive wins on pay-per-view yet. Now, I don't know if Triple H is going to kind of angle this in a way where he adjusts the booking of Liv Morgan. So Rhea Ripley, you know, she's a heel, and she's on Raw in Judgment Day. Ripley tweeted after the Liv Morgan segment, after the fans hijacked the segment, she tweeted, at WWE Universe booing Liv Morgan, fickle. Lives there, uh, Liv, there's still room if you decide to stop caring about everyone's opinion. Hashtag join us. Hashtag the Judgment Day. Hashtag WWE SmackDown. Braxton also tweeted, for those wondering why I looked annoyed during the segment, I was disappointed with the disrespectful chance towards our SmackDown Women's Champion. Liv Morgan is so deserving, so hush it when she speaks. I mentioned this on Friday night during my live stream. Liv Morgan's getting booed, and everybody in WWE like Rhea Ripley and Kayla Braxton, they want you to think that nothing's wrong. They want you to think nothing's wrong. Meanwhile, I could tell you exactly what's wrong. Liv Morgan looks like a loser. She looks like a loser. I said this on Friday. I'm going to say it again. Everybody is out here listening to Liv Morgan. I'm going to do anything to hold this title. You're going to have to pry it from my dead hands. She says, or shit along those lines. So Liv Morgan's out there saying, 
You're going to have to basically fucking kill her to take the championship. But then at SummerSlam, the one visual we see is her tapping out. Now, she didn't lose the match. She ended up pinning Ronda Rousey in what was a fuck finish. But the visual of her tapping out after claiming that you're going to have to kill her to take the title from her, that doesn't really bode well for an underdog babyface champion. Liv Morgan is a weak champion. Liv Morgan is a bullshit artist. Liv Morgan is a liar. So the fans turning on Liv Morgan should come as no surprise to everybody because WWE's booking of Liv Morgan has been absolute dog shit. If you want a babyface champion that's going to speak like, you're going to have to pry this title from my dead hands, then you should have her win decisively. WWE's done nothing but treat her like the fucking luckiest woman on the planet. Like she's Cinderella. She's got one night to look beautiful at the ball. And when the fucking glass slipper falls off, forget about it. She's a fucking loser. That's exactly what WWE's done. The glass slipper has fallen off for Liv Morgan. The honeymoon is over. There's no coming back from this. That one reaction is going to snowball an avalanche into other reactions on Friday, this coming week, and then the week after that. And it's going to result in something where we see Shayna Baszler as the fucking babyface and Liv Morgan as the heel in fucking Cardiff. The best thing for WWE to do is take the belt off of Liv Morgan and put it on Shayna Baszler and then pair her with Ronda Rousey. This Liv Morgan experiment has been a fucking failure. You want a credible champion? then they need credible wins. You can't build a credible champion by having her be a fucking crybaby telling everybody you have to kill me to take this title and then the one lasting image of this babyface champion is her tapping out. If she tapped out to Ronda, what do you think Shayna Baszler's gonna do to her? So Kayla Braxton and Rhea Ripley are fickle. Lacey Evans... Lacey Evans, where is she? Fuck do I care? She's off television. That's good enough for me. Lacey Evans was originally slated to face Aaliyah on July 29. That's SmackDown. However, Aaliyah ultimately took on Shotzi on the show with Michael Cole on commentary noting that Evans wasn't medically cleared to wrestle. My God, man, I cried. There's no way I'll be able to sleep tonight. Fightful Select is reporting that there are no immediate plans for Lacey Evans on Friday Night SmackDown. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. The report noted that her return to TV earlier this year had been described as chaotic and directionless. Vince McMahon with a directionless program for Lacey Evans? No shit. Just like everything else he did. Despite it being believed that Evans was a personal favorite of Vince McMahon, who worked directly with Evans when she moved to Raw. Vince McMahon notably announced his retirement on July 22nd, so Triple H now has to take over and clean up the mess from Vince McMahon. Evans last wrestled during a July 17 Sunday Stunner live event, with her most recent televised match being the Women's Money in the Bank ladder match on July 2nd. Do I care? Do you care where Lacey Evans is? I don't. Is she hurt? Does Triple H automatically deem her a failure? Look at the back and forth. The the, the creative has ruined her so much 
that if she comes back to TV, it's going to result in the same shit. So there's no use for Lacey Evans anymore. It's over. There's nothing good to come from that. You might as well just keep her off television. AEW Dynamite. Let's shift some gears here, man. MJF, where the fuck is Maxwell Jacob Friedman? In a new Fightful Select report, an update has emerged regarding the status of MJF in AEW. According to the report, there's not a single AEW talent or staff member that would admit to having heard from him since the pipe bomb promo, including plenty of people who are close to him who have noted he has not communicated with them whatsoever. Yes, because AEW talent who are in the know are going to tell SAP exactly what the fuck is going on with MJF. Give me a break. People pay for this shit. MJF is off TV for one reason and one reason only is because he's supposed to sell the illusion that he's gone from the company. If he starts communicating with everybody or Fightful reaches out to AEW talent backstage and they tell Fightful what the fuck is going on, the illusion is ruined. People pay $5 a month for this garbage. Yes, AEW staff is going to tell Fightful what the fuck is going on. AEW staff doesn't even know what the fuck is going on. That's why Tony Khan didn't want to tell anybody. Everybody got their fucking panties in a bunch when Tony Khan didn't fill anybody in. Meanwhile, I'm over here at the scrum, the last scrum, asking Tony Khan about the fucking theme music that you purchased for Orange Cassidy. He got fucking pissed that Sap reported on it. So if Tony Khan doesn't want anybody to know, it's because people have a big fucking mouth. And this is the biggest storyline potentially in company history. So why does he want that ruined? Feifel was able to confirm the earlier report after the promo, which was June 1, MJF did stay in Los Angeles where he reportedly conducted non-wrestling-related on-screen meetings. Guess he was doing some voiceover work, etc., etc. Last week, an update emerged that MJF was spotted in New Jersey filming with the cast members of Impractical Jokers. Notably, True TV is a part of Warner Brothers Discovery and is the same home for TBS and TNT, which is the network partners of AEW. According to everyone that Fightful spoke to, mum is the word, and uh, they've remained quiet in regards to MJF, including Tony Khan himself regarding MJF, with no one saying they've heard him speak about MJF whatsoever since the infamous promo. Now, while some within AEW still reportedly are still under the belief that MJF is legitimately on his way out of the company and wanting to go to WWE, there isn't any new evidence to suggest this. He's in Long, uh, what is that, Plainview, Long Island? He's on Long Island in Plainview, and he's sitting at home collecting a nice, handsome paycheck from Tony Khan to enjoy the summer off. MJF will be back on TV when we have a true AEW world champion in CM Punk, and then, boom. You know, sweeps season's coming up in October or September. Hopefully Punk is back before them. MJF will be back on television to conclude the biggest storyline in AEW history. So if he's off TV, if you haven't heard a word about MJF, good. It's what's supposed to be done. AEW video game. News on Fight Forever have leaked. The game's key features list. Single, tag team, three-way, four-way, ladder match, casino battle royale, false count anywhere. 
unsanctioned lights out, exploding barbed wire deathmatch, and online co-op multiplayer matches. Awesome. The list date is December 31, 2022. That is nothing more than a placeholder date. It could be uh, pushed back, obviously, to 2023. It could be released earlier. I'm assuming they want to get this out before the Christmas season. So we'll see what happens. But it is listed being for PS5, Xbox Series X, PS4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PC. I'm assuming that people are already pre-ordering this, being that you are now able to. And I think the pre-orders are crazy for this thing. So it's going to be great. There's going to be a career mode. There's going to be... um, Create arena, create a superstar, theme music, entrance, all that stuff. So it's going to combine nostalgic arcade wrestling with innovative all elite wrestling finishes and offensive moves, says the listing on Amazon UK. I'm excited. I can't wait to make it a part of the rotation weekly here on the channel. Should be great. We may have our two. If, listen, if NXT doesn't uh, change its ways on Tuesday night, we may be doing AEW Tuesdays. Tuesday night dynamite. AEW trademarked for all elite women. This was a trademark filed on August 8th. It listed in, it's listed in several categories, including entertainment services. PW Insider obtained this filing. The promotion filing for the trademark indicates possibly a new TV series focusing on the company's uh, stars in the women's division. The filing would also indicate possible plans for a specific all elite women pay-per-view events. No. Now, that's the last thing I want. We don't need an all-elite women pay-per-view event. I'm sorry. We don't need women's tag team titles. We don't need an all-elite women's pay-per-view. Let's get the division the way it needs to be. And then when we built up a solid division and a full division, then we can talk about potential show and a fucking tag team title. We don't need that right now. We don't need that right now at all. Or it could be a reality series. It could be more like uh, Total Bellas. We don't know. You know, AEW or I believe TNT, TBS, Warner Media, they want more hours of AEW programming. This may be a reality series following the women of AEW around. Shot in that, that very cinematic way. I like that. I'd watch that. So that could be very well what it means as well. All elite women. So we'll see what happens. But they did file this on August 8th. Becky Lynch. Let's switch to Monday Night Raw. Becky Lynch does have a separated shoulder. She did say so on Monday Night Raw. This is legit. Brian Alvarez reported on the Wrestling Observer Live that Lynch is indeed injured. No word on how long she will be out, but the injury likely means that WWE will have to change up plans moving forward. At SummerSlam, it was clear that Lynch's shoulder was hurt during the Raw women's title match with Bianca Belair. And after the match, she was seen clutching her arm. When she got backstage, she was checked on by doctors. When she showed up on Raw, she came out wearing a sling. So it could be a couple of months. We don't know. It could be several weeks. We don't know. WWE tends to embellish. Could be out a very long time. Whatever that may be, WWE likes to embellish how long people out so they can create the intrigue about, or surprise, I should say, when they do come back earlier than expected. They want you to think something, but then they want to kind of lowball you and surprise you when they come back early. So Becky Lynch is indeed hurt. And I said this on Monday, if Triple H didn't bolster the women's division, this injury would be devastating. The fact that he has that women's division now, which Io Shirai and Dakota Kai Ed and Bailey back, it doesn't look as catastrophic as it what as it could look if it was run by Vince McMahon. So that is something that he has working for him. 
Got the latest on Kevin Owens' absence. Kevin Owens is right now absent because Triple H is working on plans. This is per Fightful Select. They've heard of an injury not being the case. It's nothing along the lines of an injury. Instead, Fightful's told that creative is being cooked up for him for plans moving forward. Owens is referred to as a Triple H guy with him being a major proponent in NXT in his run early with the brand under Triple H. Triple H was also linked on screen to Owens' first world title reign with the game hitting Rollins with a pedigree, allowing Owens to pin him for the vacant universal title on August 20, or on, on Monday Night Raw in August in 2016. So, yes, Kevin Owens is out. He is getting creative cooked up for him, and I think that's great. No reason to put these people on the show if there's no fucking creative plans for them. So Triple H, and that being said, is obviously the plan moving forward. There will be nobody on television that doesn't have creative for them. That includes NXT talent getting called up to the main roster. Glad to see that still in place. Matt Riddle, he's set to return to TV this weekend. According to the latest Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Matt Riddle's brief spell of being out with an injury, selling this injury, will come to an end this weekend as he's expected back at WWE Live events this weekend. Meltzer wrote, and I quote, Riddle is back at the house shows this weekend to face Rollins. It seems the story WWE's trying to tell with Rollins is that he feels like management is causing him big, big matches at WWE's biggest shows. So we'll have to see how this story continues with Riddle returning imminently. And that is going to be the match at Clash of the Castle. No doubt about it. Riddle versus Rollins in Cardiff. And finally, guys, we have backstage news on how last minute Bailey's new faction was put together. I don't give a shit how last minute it was put together. I'm just glad that it was put together. So Kai was on this Wednesday's episode of The Bump this past Wednesday. So, she said that her return happened at the last minute. PW Insider reported this week that although Bailey had been expected to be at SummerSlam before Triple H took over as head of creative, there were no concrete plans for her to appear on the show and no plans at all for her to be in a faction with Io Shirai and Dakota Kai. The report also added that Kai's deal to return was put together rather quickly and at the last minute. Kai didn't travel to Nashville until the night before and was hidden away from everyone backstage inside a bus. This report indicated that the plan to form the group happened after Triple H took over as head of creative on July 25th. Now, while on the bump, Kai spoke about her return and noted that it all happened at the last minute. It's still unclear when Kai agreed to return to the company. She says, you thought you'd seen the last of me, huh? It still feels like a whirlwind to me with everything that happened. It's all happened so last minute, too. To be talking with you guys right now is exciting. Everything that has happened since Saturday has been insane. It's all been crazy. Kai added that working with Bailey and Sky is something that she's wanted to do for years. Awesome. I mean, I don't have any problems with this, man. You know how I talked about this earlier in the week. I talked about this on Monday when they made their uh, Monday night showcase. This wasn't even supposed to be a thing. This group was an idea brought to Vince McMahon's table, and he declined it. He says, I don't want anything to do with this. This is not what I want to do. So as soon as he was out, Triple H took over on July 25th. We saw this happen at SummerSlam legitimately on the 30th. So five days. 
Five days he was in office, five days in creative, and he gave the women's division the boost it needed and took an idea that Vince said fuck no to to overwhelming fucking praise. That's how out of touch Vince McMahon was with the product and its fans. Just go and listen to the reaction on social media about what Dakota Kai, Io Shirai, and Bailey created at SummerSlam on that Saturday. Look at the reaction. Everybody was excited about it and the future for women's pro wrestling. That is all you need to know how out of touch Vince McMahon was with his audience. Unbelievable. Love it, love it, love it. Guys, that's all I got as far as news is concerned. We are going to hit the Super Chats right now in just a second. Oh, my goodness, man. What a stream. Thank you guys for being here and being a part of this great show tonight. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. Can we get 2,000 likes, guys? I need 2,000 likes. On today's OTS 439. Get those super chats in. It's last call. 15 new members tonight. Oh my goodness. And follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Oh, my goodness, man. Let me, uh, I need to do my, uh, my allergy medicine, man. My allergies have been fucking killing me, bro. This humidity is fucking killing me. Who do we got here, man? Kirin of Darkness. been a subscriber since your Survivor Series 2015 review. Your accomplishments and the growth of this channel is truly remarkable. Glad to be on the ride. Darkness, thank you so much with the $20 Super Chat. Vincent O'Connell with a $5 Super Chat. Cross is more relevant in five minutes on the main roster on the Triple H than his entire stint under Vince and Bruce. OTS rules, JD. What happens when somebody doesn't book him to lose in 90 seconds as NXT champion against Jeff Hardy while being undefeated? Gotta love it. Very much looking forward to shaking Cross's hand at House of Glory, man. The Dud, thank you for the membership, brother. Also with a two-dollar super chat. Are oh, you pre-ordering AEW Fight Forever? I know I am. I'm not gonna pre-order it until I see full-fledged gameplay, bro. I need to see full-fledged game uh, gameplay first before I give my money to anything. Maybe a beta. I usually order Call of Duty every year, man. I I am not I'm not pre-ordering Call of Duty this year until I actually play the fucking beta. Well, I will not buy the game if the beta sucks. Willem, Hendrick, Fuller, 21 months, brother. Thank you so much, man. I will always support you, my brother, he says. You helped me through so many hard times, including divorce and my father that passed away. Thank you, brother. Willem, thank you so much, man. 
Nate Knight, I have no idea if Cross is still doing House of Glory, man. I texted management, nobody ever got back to me. That may be a bad sign. May be a bad sign, man. Daniel Foy with a UK $2 Super Chat. What plans do you think WWE have for Cross? Cross is going to be a major main event player on the Triple H. On what brand? It may be Monday Night Raw. I don't know. JC720 with a $10 Super Chat. He says, thank you with a YouTube Super Emoji Con. Thank you, JC. Corey Williams with a 199 Super Chat. And then a 999 Super Emoji Con saying thank you. The same uh, Super Emoji Con that JC720 put out. Thank you, bro. Telly Wozese with a new membership. Thank you, brother. Relic with a new membership. Andrew Carell with a new membership. Gentlemen, what are you drinking? What are you drinking this evening? Baby Shock. Four-month membership. Chris Bell with a four-month membership. Thank you, guys. Baby Shaq says, with Triple H in charge, it will be better pro wrestling on Raw and SmackDown. Karrion Cross and more of his guys will be pushed to the top. OTS, indeed. Chris Bell, best part of the weekend? If you're not chilling at the venue, I assume you enjoy Omos on your television. Listen, Chris, you, you could not have said it any better, bro. Iowa guy with a new membership. Iowa guy, Iowa guy, what are you drinking, bro? And do you like Slipknot? I'm excited for Slipknot's new album. Iowa being their best album, in my opinion. Paul David with an, a 10-month membership. Again, Braves cannot figure out the Mets. Ah, bro, I'm done with the season, man. Fuck. And six and a half games is not really all that much, but I'm done, bro. Give, give the fucking division to the Mets. I don't even give a shit. They won the, they won the World Series last year. I'm, I got mine, man. Whatever, whatever. I don't even give a shit. The Mad Dreamer with a new membership. Dreamer, what are you drinking, brother? Troy Turner with a 20-month membership. Thank you for everything you do, J.D. Now that Triple H is in charge of creative, I can start watching WWE again. Good riddance, Vince. Oh, yeah. I love to hear it, man. Abdullah with a new membership. Abdullah, what are you drinking, brother? Tenario, I want to wait with a final super chat. What's up, J.D.? Did you see the Resident Evil Netflix series? No, I refuse to watch it. I think it looks like shit. I heard it's good, though. I may give episode one a shot. I don't know. I'm waiting for The Walking Dead and Yellowstone to come back. Those are my two shows. Terry Stockton with a new membership. Terry, what are you drinking, bro? Hopefully all my VIPs are enjoying the fucking fire pits, man. And a nice little breeze off the ocean, man. The fire pits are feeling good right about now. Corey Williams with 199 Super Chat. How do I become a member? Corey Williams, it's in the description. All you got to do is click the link, bro. It says become an OTS VIP. Legitimately in the description, man. I don't put that shit in there for my health. I put it in there to make you guys' lives easier. The Dud with a $2, $2 Super Chat. 
Are you going to stream MK8 Deluxe Booster Course? No. No, I will, uh, I will, I will not play Mario Kart on the channel because, uh, a lot of people will, uh, I'm sure pinpoint a few things, and I don't want to bring that negativity upon me. Nate Knight! Will you put Papa H in the new intro? Much love. I might have to. Relic, we got to get to work on that, bro. We got to come up with something, man. Why is Tony Khan and Triple H running his shows better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard on Monday, Friday, on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday night? Tracy David with a new membership. Tracy David, what are you drinking, bro? Young Bakugo with a five-dollar super chat. What happened to the Dax Harwood and Dave Meltzer situation? I have no idea, bro. I have no idea, man. That, that shit I don't really meddle in, bro, because I don't really know. I don't really know. The Mad Dreamer with a Canadian $5 Super Chat. I live in Montreal, and SmackDown is coming in two weeks with KO Advertised. Do you think they might start Owen Zane tag team story? Yes, I do. I do think that is the story going, man. I think Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens will be challenging the Usos at Clash of the Castle. Superb Supreme with a 199 Super Chat. Hey, JD, why the members-only mode? Just wondering, because... It's my podcast, Superb. You want to be a part of the OTS family? You want to watch and chat with the live stream podcast flagship? You got to become a VIP, bro. I'm taking care of you VIPs, man. We're going to get more emotes. And we may do some members only shit soon. Like legitimate hangouts. Nate's Nate U360 with a 499 super chat. Who's the next top heel after Roman? I can see Champa KO or Orton on his return. What about top mid-card faces in Ali and Montez? And Bren War Survivor Series. I can see Champ as a top heel. Uh, I don't really think that's gonna happen though. I think Champ is gonna be pushed as a babyface. Maybe I'm wrong. I can see KO as a top heel. But I think KO and Sammy are going to be babyfaces against the Usos. Orton's going to be a heel, no doubt about it, when he comes back. He's going to turn on Riddle. That's, that's one of my major WrestleMania matches, Orton versus Riddle. Montez is going to be a babyface. I think Angelo Dawkins is going heel. And Ali's going to be a babyface. DGK Dog becomes a new member. Thank you, DGK. Michelle Moran with a $2 Super Chat. Are Seth Roman and Drew Triple H guys? Yes. Renato Alec with a $99.99 Super Chat. Thank you, Renato. Shout out for the $100 Super Chat. JD, literally the hardest worker out here. Been watching you since 2015. It's amazing to see you go from working a job you hate to risking it all working for yourself. Rowdy. Brother, thank you so much again, man.
Cody will be back as a babyface. D-style boxing with a $5 super chat. I am excited. Triple H loves wrestling. It will show. Jason Barker with a $20 super chat. What's up, man? What do you think about the blessing or curse called the draft? I do. Th- I, listen, man, I think Triple H is going to do the draft right this year. I think we're going to get a draft done the right way. It needs to be done that way. And then Jason Barker with a new membership. Brother, thank you so much for the 20 and your new membership, man. Awesome. Big Kane with a 499 Super Chat. Great JD. If you watch Mia Yim's YouTube channel, she tells how much Triple H cares about the wrestlers and showed to have big plans in her husband and Keith Lee. Keith Lee would have been a major star on the Triple H, bro. I don't need Mia Yim to fucking tell me that. And Keith Lee is doing well for himself in AEW, man. He is tag team champions with Swerve. That's nothing to scoff at. Bobby Rips with a 199 Super Chat. Omos versus Andre. WWE 2K22 five-star match, brother. No thank you. Hopefully you did that match inside the WWE Thunderdome. I would not want you to put that match in front of live people, man. Don't do them dirty like that. Jody Bolin with a new membership. Jody, what are you drinking? Lord Quaz with a $5 Super Chat. Now all we need is Shane is loyalty is everything theme back. Yes. Yes, this new theme for us sucks. All the new themes suck. Elevated Poetry got my two-month re-up today. You love to see it. I'm glad to hear it, brother. CJ Voorhees. $5 Super Chat. JD, can you do the Beaver impression with the Android voice? That would be hysterical. Yeah, I'll do it when the song is over, bro. Tommy Brannigan with a fight off Super Chat. This is the best week of pro wrestling we'd have, we've had in years. Thank God we have Triple H back in charge. OTS for life. Tommy Brannigan, thank you, man. It was a very good week. I'm expecting more this week. Rat the Well with a fight off Super Chat. I got a theory Kevin Dunn was just kissing Vince's ass for job security. And he may now be good for Triple H to work with. But I could be way off. Yeah, Kevin Dunn, though, bro, he's got to get out of there. He's the last of that old guard, bro. Get him out. Leo Gallimara with a $5 super chat. I'd book Sasha and Naomi to return at Clash after Io and Dakota win the titles a la CM Punk in 2011. Ladder match at Extreme Rules. Sasha and Naomi win. Yeah, I don't know when they return, man. I don't know if they'll be a part of this tournament. I'm assuming if they're in the tournament, they more than likely have to win. So you may be right. They may debut them after the tournament and crown just brand new champions completely. Scooby the Savior with a 499 Super Chat and a 199 Super Chat. Thank you, Scooby the Savior. Scoob. Ready? Tyson Cook becomes a new member. Tyson Cook, what are you drinking, brother? Daniel Foy with a five in UK. Have a two-fall triple threat match between Reigns, McIntyre, and Cross at Clash of the Castle. First fall for the WWE title and the second fall for the Universal. I like that idea. That could be it. 
That could be it. Reigns beats McIntyre and Cross beats Reigns. I don't know. We could see. We could see that happen, maybe. You know, I don't know how they play that into the whole storyline. But I think that could be something that works out. I like that idea a lot. I do. That may be the way that they go about it. There you go, CJ. You wanted me to do the Beaver impression with the Android voice. There you go. There you go, bro. Hopefully that lived up to your wildest imaginations. Jace with a $5 super chat. McIntyre beats Reigns at the pay-per-view. Says he will stay on Raw and relinquish the Universal title and Cross wins the title in a tournament. I could see that as well. I could see that as well. But then why why give... uh, Why give... Roman Reigns, the hourglass of time, though. Scarlet giving him the sands of time was a little bit more than just relinquishing the title, bro. Chris with a 999 Super Chat. Cross wins money in the bank from Theory. Cashes in in a class at the castle. Wins universal title. McIntyre wins the chamber in February. We can still get Roman versus Cody at WrestleMania. We also get Cross versus McIntyre at WrestleMania in 2023. Thoughts? I don't like anything about that, bro. I don't like anything about that, brother. Considering I just got promoted to VP, I think I'll stay. If this was the ruthless aggression era, I'd fit right in. Sorry, I'm not 5'6", 145 pounds. My serious, umpo- my sin- sincerest apologies. Says QT Marshall. Jesse sent me QT Marshall's tweet. What the fuck does that mean? Scooby the Savior. Reggie. Cross should beat Theory for the Money in the Bank briefcase. That seems to be the going theme here. Yes, Jesse, I just checked my phone, bro. What the fuck does that mean? Did QT want to go to WWE? QT is now a vice president. Good for QT Marshall. Good for QT Marshall, man. Hopefully he lives up to being a vice president. Joey Clemenza with a nine-month membership. Joey, thank you so much for the re-up, bro. Tony Brown can't send the Super Chat this week. He had his debit card hacked, but he's getting another one soon. He, he, he sends his regards. Hashtag booty meat elite. I'm sorry to hear that, bro. Listen, man, I got my cards compromised. Not too long ago, it was a fucking pain in the ass, man. I understand his frustration. Lena Scorpio, five-off Super Jet. Sasha took a pick with Danhausen at C2E2 on Saturday signing and CMC was teasing us that AEW. 
Nah, I don't think so, Lena's. I think she's back in WWE, bro. Jerry Ramey with a 15-month membership. JD, your thoughts on Alter Bridge's Blackbird album? Their best album, period. Their best album and their best song. D. Henry with a $2 super chat. Thoughts on grunge music? Hate it. Erasia with a $10 Canadian. Not trying to spread hate, but the person who tweeted about Sasha Banks and plastic surgery is a prick. Anyway, JD, you've held me down through many stressful times. You will hold me for life, says Erasia. Brother, thank you so much, man. I'm glad I could uh, help you. Yes, Brad Shepard is... Uh, listen, man, Brad Shepard's never said anything bad about me, so there's no there's no reason to, for me to shit on Brad Shepard, but... A little questionable as far as uh, him not realizing that um, Sasha Bank was wearing just uh, a really, really not flattering makeup, you know, look to her. She's still... Listen, Miss Sasha Bank still looks great. I don't give a shit what the fuck she puts on. I'd be more concerned about the distance between fucking people taking a picture with Sasha. That's what I would be concerned with. Who pays for $150 for a, for a picture to stand fucking six feet, six feet away from somebody? Joseph King with a $5 super chat. How would you book the Switchblade in WWE? Would you keep him the same or slightly tweak? I change nothing about Switchblade. Nothing. Eric Newton with a $10 Super Chat. I'm excited for Triple H's vision. The one thing that makes me nervous is Vince still has majority shares in WWE. I will enjoy what Triple H does, but I'm very wary of Vince. QT runs what is basically AW's farm system in the factory. That makes him a very important member of management. Indeed. Kelly with a 499 Super Chat. And Eric, I uh, I do not blame you for feeling that way, Eric. There's a lot of people that feel your same way. Kelly with a 499 Super Chat. Last week, Raw and SmackDown episodes on the Triple H was a flawless victory. Cross versus Wyatt. Book it, Shao Kahn. I mean, Triple H. Cheers, JD. Get some rest. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you, Kelly. Eric Newton with another $10 Super Chat. I think some good opponents for Wardlow would be Brian Cage, Powerhouse Hobbs, and Miro. I agree. Miro, definitely. Powerhouse Hobbs, definitely. Renato Alec with another $49.99 Super Chat. Oh, my goodness. Everyone, let's get together. Donate anything you can. Unlike others in the IWC, JD actually puts back into the show visuals, better equipment, Let's make JD the richest in the IWC. Renato, thank you, brother. Listen, man, you guys don't have to do anything. I'm just glad you're here, bro. And thank you for the 50 bomb, brother. Brandon Hudgens with a new membership. Brandon, what are you drinking, bro? DGK Dog with a 499 Super Chat. Thoughts on Becky Lynch calling Triple H at the helm of the ship. Phenomenal. I see no lies detected there. Swaggios14 becomes a new membership. A new member. Thank you, Swaggios. K 
Kal L with a five dollar super chat. Do you see any forbidden doors opening between AW and WWE in the future, bro? Mustangs rule. Yes, I do. If there's a forbidden door between both companies, it's because of Triple H. Shakoy with a two dollar super chat. Should TK and Triple H have a crossover event? Yes, I think they will. Soundwave 80s with a 999 Super Chat. Do you think Triple H will redesign the main WWE titles? No. WWE likes that logo up front and visible, man. It ain't going anywhere. The Mad Dreamer with a 5 in Canadian. I have to choose between SmackDown and Ramstein. I chose Ramstein. What will you choose? I'd probably choose SmackDown, bro. I don't like Ramstein. I'm not a fan of the pot, uh, of uh, of his music. Sinister with the two dollar super chat. Did you talk to a YouTube YouTube geek about gifted members? I have not, Sinister. I have not talked about it yet, bro. I got to do that this week. No doubt about it. And Kalel, actually, we're not going to play that song. We got uh, this one here. Kalel with the two dollar super chat. LOL, Omas with Android voice will make my night. Okay, Kyle, I'll do that for you, brother, because you're always here, man. There you go. And Shakoy with a $5 super chat. I can't wait for the AEW FF fight forever. I don't know why people hate the game because mini games or cartoony graphics. It's an arcade game. OTS for life. Bro, I think it looks fucking great. I think it looks great. Matthew Malnar. I don't see your super chat, bro. Matthew Malnar. I don't see your super chat, bro. Where is it? Matthew Malnar. 499 super chat. There you are, bro. It didn't show up here. Oh, there it is. I'm sorry, bro. I'm a fucking geek. I missed it. Just a thought. But if Nash Carter can't come back to WWE, what if they pair Wesley with Ricochet? No. No, I don't think we pair Wesley with Ricochet, bro. I think we pair Wesley with uh, Nathan Frazier and call them the new MSK or something like that. Just have them be uh, a new version of MSK. Seriously. Thank you guys very much, man, for all the love. We had 18 new members tonight. And Shakoy, I love, I love the way the game looks, man. I think it's gonna look great. Jabril Mohammed with a 199 super chat. JD, you're too funny, man. Love you, bro. Thank you, Jabril. I appreciate you, brother. Guys, we're back at it again live on Monday Night Raw, man. I'm excited for Monday Night Raw. I am excited for Monday Night Raw, bro. Who thought you'd ever hear the words out of my mouth? Unbelievable. Guys, we killed it tonight, man. 3,200 people. We're almost at 2,000 likes. You guys killed it with the Super Chats. We got 18 new members tonight. Welcome to the VIP club. I may actually enjoy a nice old-fashioned to finish off my evening. I appreciate you guys very much. Thank you very much, guys. Hit that thumbs up. Hit that subscribe button. Follow me on social media. Go check out Monk Pack. 
Link is in the description. Use code SCRIPT20 for 20% off your first order. Otis, I am perfectly healthy, bro. No stroke here, bro. Monday Night Raw tomorrow, guys. I'll see you live at the beer garden. Until then, I need those guitar emojis in the chat, and I need that music on max. Right back here tomorrow night for Raw on OTS. I'll see you guys later.